It's it's Wolven Times here. Oh, we get Wolven Times. Uh oh, Wolven Times on both fronts. Hello and welcome to Peril of the Paperwork Puzzle Box. Ramjack the Accreditor. Hi everyone, I am Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjag studio is my friend and co-host, Brad! Hey, hi! How are ya? Doing well, friend, doing well. How are you? I'm swell. How are the listeners? Oh! Mm. Good to hear that. Good to hear. Mm. Mm. Guys, you stumbled onto Ramjack. Wonderful podcast. We have a lot of cool stuff to get to. Um, This week we'll be covering... A see, uh, season five episode of Mr. Belvedere, which we know, which we're promised every week is a treat, mm-hmm. gets weirder and weirder. This episode does not disappoint. Definitely. It's called uh, The Election. Uh, we're going to have a lot of election talk, guys. Get ready to, to buckle down and talk about some elections. This is the election episode of Ramjack. Mm. We also got some science facts about the teddy bear you slept with as a child, maybe. Um... Uh, yeah, and then we just got other news. It's going to be a fun time. Brad, we have new technology in areas that I wasn't sure we could still innovate in. Um, which, which areas are those? That's the jump rope area, dude. How would you improve a jump rope? Uh, uh, maybe, uh... <sighs> Brad, I know it's tough. I mean... Ever uh, since our youth, I mean, when we were forced to do jump rope competitions for for charity or for fuck, the amusement of the yes. adults around us, they really pushed those Even jump then. rope competitions. Yeah, oh my every, God. everyone's talked about it. I'm sure we've talked about it on the show before. I mean, that was something that they did. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there were some hard sells. Like they were given like you shouldn't give kids like weird like business tactics. No. Like, listen. Listen, if they pledge, you know, this many cents, you know, and then, uh, you know, maybe they can pledge a little bit more. Just think about, think about how many, you know, jumps you could do, and then just think about, like, how much they're willing to contribute, and then just get, you know, see if you can talk them up a little bit. Like, it was a lot of, like, sketchy contact they were giving us. (laughs) When you're in their house, look at the photos on their wall. Talk to them about their lives. People who feel a connection are willing to give more money. And what do you get? You get a pizza party. (laughs) Okay. Well, but you remember those jump ropes were just, you know, rope. Yeah. <laughs> you slung around your head. Fucking Maybe it rope. Was fucking rope, some kind of weird twine. And if you were at a bougie school, you got plastic ones that were more durable. Maybe nylon. Hmm. Maybe, maybe instead of a jump rope, uh, you get a, uh, what was it, a skip it? Was that the thing? Skip it, skip it, do bum bum bum, do bum bum. You know, the very, very best thing about a skip it is there was a counter on it. Hmm. And you played a game with yourself of how high you could get the counter to. My sister had to skip it. And Brad, you're on the right path because that's how you improve jump ropes. You make a jump rope a skip it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> jump ropes knew the moment Skip It came out, it was over. No one wanted a oh. fucking rope that you jump around. Boring. What it's they wanted? Timer shit. Yeah, I want. I want to keep track of my steps, and that's why the generations now, as we're older, they have Fitbits, and that's totally normal because we yeah. loved the Skip It. The Skip It was actually the first Fitbit and/or fitness oh, yeah. tracker Absolutely. of its kind. Definitely. 
Yeah. Skip it. Skip it was before its time. Yeah. It was, it was an innovator. You know, I think when we look back, you know, uh, you know, in a little while's time, we'll think, yeah, internet. Sure, internet changed everything. Absolutely. Uh, the automobile changed everything. Sure. Yeah. Airplanes changed everything. Skip it. Changed everything. <laughs> Real game changer. Well, stuff he- crust pizza changed everything. <laughs> like that's when we really started to go downhill. <laughs> Well, Brad, in keeping with the Internet of Things and always trying to chase after your best competitor, skip it, Jump Rope Fitness has reached a new high with the Smart Rope. Um, uh, the Smart Rope is actually, um, let's see, it's a kind of prototype that they're kickstarting, of course, on Tangram. Uh, Tangram is the name of the uh, company who's doing this, and they've basically paired a jump rope with an LED banding throughout the entire rope with a smartphone app. So your jump rope now has Bluetooth capabilities that talk to your smartphone and keep track of your steps. But here's the awesome part, Brad. As you sw- as you jumping as your jumping rope, it delivers messages to you through the LED by timing it as it passes in front of you. Oh, that's creepy. No thank you. So basically, if you're just doing jump ropes, Normally, like as, as it as as it falls in front of you, the LED will in the rope will fire to like show you six, seven, keep going, ten, oh, huh. twelve. That's like it's both a motivator. Creepy. I don't like it. No. But think about how cool that is. Is your jumping rope? You can get your text messages through your jump rope. <laughs> no. No, you'll be jumping no. rope for a minute. You can't just you can't chill for a minute. Like how much jump roping? Like how? Like who's who's jumping rope this much? Yeah, that's a like, good question. I, like maybe maybe you need to like I don't know like find something. Maybe get a trampoline if you love jumping so much. Like if you're this into jumping, <laughs> like if this if like what you like doing is damage to your knees. Like I guess like I don't know like find something else. I just don't. Because you don't jump rope for long. Even if you're jumping, like, rope 500 times, I don't know. I, I, this seems like yeah. a high luxury item. This, Yeah, this sounds like people are trying to, like... Like, there's some people that have been, you know, they've been invested in the jump rope game for generations. Like, for yeah. generations, their family have made jump rope. Because, like, jump rope, it's like, hey, it's like the classic exercise. It's like, it's like dumbbells and, and jumping rope. Those are, like, classic classic exercise tools but like now in this modern age they're like ah boy you can buy a jump rope at the fucking dollar tree um we're just not making we're not making dollars like we used to back in the day ah how do we make money on our jump rope tech well you know it went downhill when skip it came out that's when we started that's when we had to start selling to those dollar trees and those dollar stores after uh, fucking after after skip it came along we just got fucked and we've been going downhill ever since then. Oh, oh, and your, oh, and your brother like wasted a lot of the family money. <laughs> Don't you bring him into this, you bastard! <laughs> Maybe if you didn't so have now, that clock, that like, you know, that weird vibrating clock that goes back and forth. Maybe if you didn't have that bullshit thing that kind of flashed the time as a hologram. Wait, 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 wait. Be late. Wait, what? what did you? What did you just say? Well, that clock that you have, that, that, that weird future clock that, you know, as it goes in front of your face really fast, like a yes. jump yes. rope. Oh, yes. my God. We did it. We did it. We're going to be rich again. <laughs> We're getting our memberships at the country club back. <gasps> How much would you pay for this jump rope, Brad? Three dollars. <laughs> 
For $60, you can have the jump rope in the app. Um, am I getting 20 of them? <laughs> You're getting one. Um, no thank you. Hope you don't step on it and crack the LEDs. Because <laughs> that would suck. Oh, but who's ever stepped on a jump... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a prototype. They'll work it out. They'll work it out. Will they? Probably not. No. Brad, we need to get... We need to work something else out. Um, God, I, I have horrible segues on the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. I just realized how bad that was to say that out loud. Guys, we need to... We, we worked this out. Let's work out something else. Alex, what's this other thing we need to work out? We need to work out what's going on with the crows. Because oh. they're beginning to really fucking freak me out. All right. As always, we all know birds are the fucking... I mean, they've been around here for a long time. Their their ancestors were dinosaurs, more or less. They're smart things. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got bird doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, birds can solve crazy puzzles. Birds think about the future. Mm-hmm. Now, um, they're befriending children and bestowing gifts upon them. Okay. Uh, the BBC did a report. There's a little girl named Gabby um, who lives in Seattle. And when she was a child, she would feed the birds. Um, let me let me get the exact quote here. Since she was four, Gabby would drop food to the ground and the crows would scramble to gobble it up in her backyard. Years later, she would offer them scraps of her packed lunch on the way to school. Gabby, your mom... And Dad worked very hard for that lunch. Don't give it to the birds, all right? First off, I don't care if you don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Don't just put it on the... Don't do that. But now, Gabby and her mom, Lisa, pretty much just feed the crows daily. Like, it's now it's their responsibility to feed this, like, murder of crows. And that's... When they started feeding them daily, routinely, that's when things got interesting. They started to discover little presents in the... uh, the feeding trays that the birds would leave for them. Mm-hmm. Now, one might think, first off, how do you know a crow's giving you a gift? But um, I think that over time, it's been card? happening for a while. Are they, are they leaving a card like, hey, P.S., thanks. <laughs> thanks for them sandwiches. Hey, those peanuts, keep them coming. Here's a little, here's a little trinket for you, doll. <laughs> I gotta fly. <laughs> but yeah... But here's the weird thing. They do think they're gifts because the pattern of gifts is interesting. Like, some birds will bring back, like, just shiny things they find. They'll get earrings here or there. But they also bring what are traditional mating gifts to them as well. So some of the male birds will bring Gabby the traditional mating gift of the crows. So that's when they realized, hold up, they ain't just trying to... What's the traditional mating gift of the crow? I want to say it's just like dead animals, like it's dead baby crows saying like, what's up? I can protect, I can, I can provide food for our family. You provide me hey. food? Well, looky here. Here's some food for you, human. Here's dead, ba- oh, wait, a crow's going to bring a dead baby crow as a mating gift? Like, hey, you want to make a baby? I just killed one. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? My Who question, are they bringing this to the mother as a wedding gift? Look, I would be humbled if you would accept this <laughs> meager token. I would like to marry Gabby. The woman who's been feeding me since she was four. And my children's Yikes. children. I'm not really sure how long crows live. I don't know if if they're telling their children... Like, if they're feeding generations of crows or what the fuck's going on. But this is kind of neat. And Gabby keeps all of them. And Lisa encourages her. They have, like... They have, like, a huge collection that's labeled of all the little knickknacks they get. Sometimes it's polished stones. Sometimes, like I said, it's earrings. 
sometimes it's like other children, other dead human children. <laughs> I pack their eyes out for you, Gabby. <laughs> Is this what you want? Is this what you want? I would do anything for you. Um. Now this is when things get a little the, crazy. The, the thing is, like the, the thing about these crows is, what they're really, like, yeah, like they're, you know, they love getting fed. But what they're really serious about is uh, ethics in game journalism. That's like their, <laughs> that's like their big issue. Um, uh, here's some other quotes from uh, the article. Gabby points to a heavily rusted screw in her collection of things that the birds have given her. Uh, she prefers not to touch the screw. It's labeled third favorite. Asking her why an untouchable object is one of her favorites, she answered, you don't see crows carrying around a screw that much unless it's trying to build a house. Gabby, what do you know about crows trying to build houses with rusty screws? Why is a rusty screw your third favorite? And this is where things... <laughs> okay, look, basically Lisa, Gabby's mom, is an aspiring photographer. And that means everything you think it means. <laughs> she bought a Nikon camera and she fancies herself a photographer in the backyard. Oh. God damn it. Fuck you. Fuck everyone um, that thinks they're a photographer. In the, <laughs> true. In the backyard, um, she lost her lens cap, like, to her camera. Devastated. As, as, as photographers tend to do. Yeah. So she lost it um, a few days later, and I think they actually have video surveillance of the backyard because they've become curious about which crows will leave what or, like, how the crows are doing this. They're studying it. They call it their bird cam. Oh, boy. Well, on the place where they feed the birds, they found uh, Lisa's camera lens just there in the gift in the pile of gifts <laughs> that normally are uh, given to them. And they thought, oh, the birds knew. The birds are taking care of us. Or the birds stole it to begin yeah, with. Yeah, the birds are straight up playing you for a fool. I'll steal this camera lens and then give it back to them later. They'll think it's a gift. Fucking humans. But then yeah. they went back and saw the bird find it and then take it over to the, because it was like in mud or something. The bird went over to the bird bath, cleaned it off, and then put it on the tray and then left. What the fuck, crows? Stop losing your lens, cra lens cap in mud. How does that happen? Like, oh, fuck you. Like, you're the worst. I'll leave you with this. Uh, this is what Lisa said after they found the, the lens clap cap to the reporter. I'm sure it was intentional, she smiles. They watch us all the time. I'm sure they knew to, I dropped it. I'm sure they decided they wanted to return it. Oh. I, don't, I don't think so, Lisa. <laughs> uh, Birds are smart? I don't know, Lisa. I don't I, know. They, somebody's going to make a documentary out of this bullshit. Um, and I just they can't really wait are. to see how fucking crazy um, these humans are. Because, like, fucking hell. What are they going to do when Lisa... I mean, when uh, Gabby gets older. Like, Gabby's still a child. She's... She's not really in middle school yet. Like, she's a kid. Mm -hmm. So what happens when other when other boys start coming around a calling? Are these birds going to peck out their eyes? Yes. Wait, what? He didn't even bring you dead animals. We've been no. here the whole time. Hey, I brought you a dead boyfriend. How's about it? <laughs> Where's my peanuts? Damn it. You haven't fed us in three days. It's going to get crazy for her, Gabby. Don't play with the crows. Yeah, that's They call bad. them murders for a reason. Yeah. I'm sure. Def Brad? Definitely. <laughs> um, guys, just so you know, Catfish is back as of this week. I think mm. we may be finding out pretty soon about like uh, about somebody getting catfish, and it turns out it's just a bunch of crows. <laughs> nice. 
That'll be interesting. Have you? You haven't watched any of it yet because you said it re- premieres this week. Oh no! It, no, it premiered this last week. I, I watched the first one and it was amazing. Thoughts, feels like. Can you tell us any more? Or was it? Um, I can tell you like um that this girl thought she was t- um as always thought she was talking to uh, uh like uh, a music producer because they're all because all guys are music producers. Yeah. Um, and no, it's just like. And then like they look it up and it's like oh it's this it's this like like guy I don't know and he lives like down the road ugh crazy they go over there it's a dude the craziest denim like studded like bedazzled <laughs> denim vest ever and you're like that's weird and then he beckons them into the house and he's like hey come on keep keep coming back here keep coming into the house and it's like don't go into that house <laughs> no run and then you find out it wasn't him it's his wife. His wife, who's wearing uh, like denim over, like denim overalls, um, with like a fishnet top, and like looks like kooky, looks fucking kooky. Their rigouts were so messed up. Like I don't know what they, I don't know what was happening. Guys, you need to watch it if you care about worse dressed, worse dressed. Um, <laughs> then you need to watch uh, this last week's episode of Catfish because it was truly bonkers. Whoa. Um, I will say, as we're talking about things that we watched, I watched the new RoboCop movie this last week because um, it's streaming on Netflix. It's actually not bad. Really? Even as a RoboCop remake, it I mean, it's not as good as the original RoboCop, but mm-hmm. it kind of hits the same points, and it's not bad. <laughs> Okay. People who slammed it? No, it's 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 a totally it's definitely a fun ride. All right. If you had RoboCop, to watch fun ride, if you were gonna watch either Jupiter Ascending or RoboCop, probably watch Jupiter Ascending because it's just fucking crazy. But really consider RoboCop. Is Jupiter Ascending still a fun ride? I would say the more the more I listen to that podcast we uh, we did where I talked about Jupiter Ascending, it's something that's haunting my my like subconscious. <laughs> Like I don't, I can't explain it, but it's a movie that has stuck with me since seeing it, and I don't know what that means for me or Jupiter or Magic Mike, but I'll figure it out. All right, I'll figure it out. All right, cool, 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 cool. Um, update: I've got one episode of The Prisoner left. I'm super excited. I'm probably gonna watch it tonight. So by the time this episode is out, I've seen all of The Prisoner, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> There were those two episodes that were kind of like weird bullshit, almost fan fiction nonsense filler episodes. Oh, dude. But besides those, you know, the Wild West episode and um, the episode that was like a weird like bedtime story that didn't really... Excuse me? What do you mean a bedtime um, story? I don't really... It was kind of some kind of bullshit. It's like the, the, uh, the two episodes before the last two episodes. So the two... Uh, yeah. Those were... Hmm... Don't really know about those, but Guys, everything else amazing. Another update: in case you don't want to pay two hundred and fifty dollars for the DVD, the Prisoner is now on Amazon streaming for like thirty bucks. So nice. Definitely nice. get into that. I I definitely plan on it. I got to see what's happening in this western and this weird fairy fantasy tale of a bedtime mm. story. Brad's talking about. Mm. In my mind, it's just like the Princess Bride. The Prisoner yes. and Buttercup went over the. S- <laughs> No, no, it's more like quite. a wily e. coyote cartoon than anything. Oh, okay. I'm even it's, more intrigued. It's kind of it's some yeah. It's, there's like a noticeable drop with those those two episodes. <laughs> um, to, enough that it actually makes it interesting and like how weirdly out of place those two filler episodes were. Huh. Um, but yeah, do that. And while you're on Amazon, guys, 
hey, why don't you uh, rate my plays? Why don't you give me some, give me some Amazon reviews? Um, uh, you know, give me all the stars. Tell me how great you love those plays. Which, by the way, you can buy um, at uh, shop.chaosadam.com. Get on those. Get on it. I can't think of a better way to spend your tax return, right? Truth. Invest Truth. in some literature. Yeah. Yeah, guys. And entertainment. I mean, those are great plays. They're solid. I can vouch for them. Yeah, they're great. They're they're wonderful. Like, Katy Perry can't sue me. I'm sorry, the late Katy Perry's estate can't sue me. What else is she up to? You sent me a link, and I can't, um, yeah, for some reason, on the top of my head, I can't remember. She was trying to sue somebody over making, like, a Left Shark um, merchandise. Oh, honey, two can play that game. I'm like, listen, 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 ghost of Katy Perry. Um... <laughs> Listen, um, you may have unfinished business, and that unfinished business is, like, paying me for stealing my stage sharks. So, um, like, if anybody's suing anybody, fool, I'm taking you down. I'm taking you down, Katy Perry. I will not stand for this. You can't shut other people down when I'm letting your ghost roam free in the world. (laughs) The late Katy Perry. I know you're listening. He's coming. Rest in peace or rest in pieces, bitch. Left Shark forever! <laughs> Bring Left Shark home to Ram Jack. <laughs> um, Brad, you've been, um, you brought to my attention uh, some local politics going on in Florida. Yeah, guys, listen, uh, we can all agree that local politics are usually pretty boring. Like, yes, it's important to be informed and know what's going on, but usually, like, local politics kind of a snooze. There's usually not that much going on. Well, um, guys, I live in the city of Winter Park, Florida, and we are in the middle of the most heated mayoral debate I have ever seen ever. Like, hmm. this mayoral race is so over the top. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm getting, like, mailings, like, every day. Um, and, like, at first it was like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous, because there's this one guy that... He's like on the city. Um, he's like a city uh, um, city commissioner, um, and you know it's like, all right, well, this guy he seems to be talking a lot about trees. Like he's all about trees. Like he's quoting arborists. He's like, it's like he's got a thing on his website. Like it's all about trees. Like this dude is like a straight up Lorax. Like uh-huh. just speaking for the trees all day long. And I was like, I was kind of making fun of it because I was like, this dude is way too much into trees. It's like who is his competition? Well, his competition is a woman named Cynthia McKinnon. And Cynthia McKinnon, um, I was like, well, let's see what she's about. Like, maybe she's not as over the top on trees as this guy. Um, so I start looking into it a little bit, because, you know, we got, we've got our, uh, we got our election coming up on uh, March the 10th, uh, for mayor. And I was, so I'm, you know, reading up, and I, and I come across this article, it's like, um, um, McCannon uh, refused to comment over um, some uh, racial comments she made in a um, in a video debate, and I was like, hmm, what? <laughs> so I looked this up, and um, hey, Alex, let me ask you a, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're running for mayor, should you ever say I don't know, Negro Town, or those people in quick succession? <laughs> No, you should never do that at all. Oh. Ever. Well, Cynthia McCannon's got a little bit of a problem then. Um, Guys, I'm going to play a little clip from a video debate that's on YouTube, and I I would definitely recommend people see. May I just make one comment about the West Side? 
um, the west side was planted historically as an, uh, it was called Negro Town. It was always perceived to be an African-American community. And growing up here as a child, <clears throat> it, it always was. It was single family residences. The implication that it's, I mean, it's a reflection of past times, the way it was planted, but it still is predominantly African-American. But those people, this whole thing about the West Side. That fool just said Negro Town and then said those people. <laughs> and then she caught herself. That's the thing of it. Like, it's not like she's just like an old, that's just like, she just, that's just, she just doesn't realize. No, because she said those people. Uh, and then she caught herself. She caught herself. And that's like, you know, you, you know, you know what you said. You know what you said. You know what those thoughts in your head mean. And you said them anyway. How could you not filter yourself? You are in front of, you know you're being recorded. You're um, at- not, not only that, uh, Dan informed me, because this, um, this interview on YouTube um, was actually filmed at, uh, at the Orlando Central where, um, where he works. And the guy that's doing it is African-American. Oh! So if like you needed a reminder not to say Negro Town are those people, um, the person you're talking to might be a reminder. If if that's a thing that you might accidentally slip up and say, which by the way you shouldn't accidentally slip up and say because it's 2015 and you live in the world <laughs> and you're running for mayor. I I also love because Brad introduced me to this. I saw a lot, like that part of the video, which is. Pretty hilarious because uh, the Lorax actually straight up calls her out on it immediately. Yes. It's awesome. Like, calls her out. And I'll play that as well. I'm not suggesting that at all. Well, my opponent just caught herself. She, she started to refer to folks on the West Side as those people. And I just, again, Listen, Mary, I, I just that's have really an issue insulting. With this. That's I just really have an issue with this. I'm just, I'm, I'm disappointed. We're going to move on to something more around here. Um, Quickly tell me, um, <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Like, that is great. Like he's just like call, he's like oh yeah I'm disappointed I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I love that she says something to the effect of uh, that's a that's offensive. Like when he calls her out or something, it's like bitch you um, just <laughs> said them and and referred to a t- a part of uh, the I, the city or town. Mm-hmm. That used to be called Negro Village, and you said that out loud. You um, can't also, do that. Like I was reading something else that, like, uh, people were like, I don't know that this place has ever been called Negro Town. I don't oh, think that's well, a thing. I think that's just like um, a thing your racist like family said. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've always known it as that since I was a child. I mean, it's not like like Daddy? in Bemis, in Bemis where I grew up, where there was literally a Butler Street. <laughs> Where all the black people lived on Butler Street, past the physical racial divide. Um, of course, they didn't call it Butler Street. Oh no! They didn't call it Negro Town either. They took it <laughs> one step worse. They kept the N. God, the South. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the Florida's the South. It's just true, true. You forget uh, that. But like, but also like Winter Park. Like, it's kind of like Winter Park. Like, it's kind of like classy area. Like, like you know, we got an area that's got like some like. You know, that's what, you got you got a nice little rich part of Winter Park. Like it's it's no slouch. Like this woman, come on, what are you doing? Well, so wait, so there's there's the because I know she divides them into sides, or the they do. So there's Winter Park East and West, and one of them is rich, and the other one isn't. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, like, it's it's a city. Like, it's not that huge. Like, it's, I mean, you know, it's... But it's, like, it's a little city. Like, is it, like... Yeah. Because in Cincinnati, there's, like, 12 cities in the greater city yeah. that actually it's, make it's up not, Cincinnati. It's, yeah, it's 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 not as bad as, like, some of, like, the little cities in, like, Kentucky, you know, where everything's, like, super teeter. But, you know, it's whatever. Um... But so this is pretty wacky. But then we found out that there's gonna we we there was just time to get into one last. There was gonna be a town hall debate today. Um, so of course uh, had to hit up this town hall debate today. And dude, the things I saw and the things I heard. <laughs> First of all, like I like listen. I want to make fun of the Lorax, but like I can't do it. Like the guy's kind of got his shit together and he knows what he's talking about. Like nice. Um, our pal, uh, racist, that fool, no fucking clue what she's talking about at any time. Um, it was at Rollins College and like, it, like clearly like she had like prepared everything she was going to say and was trying to, um, she was really trying to appeal to like, um, like an audience of like Rollins College students. Um, but guess who doesn't go to like town hall debates, like college kids. <laughs> also, apparently it's the day before their spring break starts. Oh, so, none of them uh, were there. Yeah, there was no kids there. There was, like, maybe, like, two young people. Um, and that's it. Like, and it was just a bunch of olds and me and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. Um, and a lot of the old, a lot of those olds were wearing Cynthia uh, McCannon stickers. Not buttons, mind you. Stickers. Wow. Because, like, you know, olds, like, racists. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so it's just what they are. We all know it. Um, so she's and like she's she's not she can't go off her script. She's just like reading things. Like she's terrible at like speaking off the cuff. Like and she just keeps like trying to bring it back to like college. Like like nobody nobody here is like a college student. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Also, she didn't really answer the questions at all. She just kind of did her own thing. Like, can you give like, me an example of how she brought it back to the college? Oh, she, like, she always, like, because she was just, she was just spinning her wheels and rambling. Honestly, I could barely keep up with, because she was just so far afield of, from what the actual questions were. Um, I'm just pulling up my notes, because I took copious notes. Oh, and, of course. Uh, and uh, I, I live tweeted <laughs> the, the, uh, the event as well. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, you have to. Like, it's, come on. Um... So, okay, first off, they, you know, it's kind of just like an introduce yourself thing. Um, you know, he does a really good job because, you know, you're, you're yeah, you're introducing yourself, but you kind of want to introduce yourself in a way that, like, like a job interview, you're explaining why you should be mayor. And he's like, you know, I, you know, I've, I lived in New York. I've, I've worked for all these, you know, uh, businesses, you know, high power, high stress environments, blah, blah, blah. I've moved here uh, 15 years ago. Um, you know, raise a family. I've got like triplet nine-year-olds. Like, whatever. Like, it's very personable. Fine, 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 fine. She starts off, and like, it's like she's like, I've lived here all my life, and then she talks about having lived like in Orlando. Um, she talks about she's I've lived in Winter Park all my life. Um, mm-hmm. I moved to Orlando when I was four. Like, wait, but 
do you, have you lived in Winter Park your whole life, or did you move to Orlando when you were four? So there's four years not part of that you didn't live here, and then you moved to like a city near Winter Park, and then she talks about like her husband moving, and like it's very it's like when did you live here? How long did you 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 said all of your life, but then you're saying contradictory things. So like just don't say you've lived here all of your life if you haven't lived here all your life because that's fine. <laughs> like it's not a, nobody cares where you live. Like whatever. <laughs> And then she starts talking about how, like, um, she, she, um, she was in hospice care. And, you know, a lot of people think about hospice care and they say, oh, how, how would you be able to work in hospice? That would just make me so sad. And I, I said, no, it makes me really happy. <laughs> oh, okay. What? <laughs> what? Uh, working in a hospice makes you happy. Cool. I enjoy it. And there was like a bit of a pause. She's, she's like, um, you know, to be to be there for people and help them. But like, there was like too much of a like, uh, I love being around dying people. It's cool. Uh, it was really weird. And then she talked about going. She went to law school and she became a lawyer. And you know, it, it was great. And you know, flying first class and staying in nice hotels. You you know, after a while, it gets boring. Oh, cool, bitch. Like, you're super relatable right now. How relatable are you? Oh, I'm so bored of, like, of, like, oh, flying first class and staying in, like, nice hotels, la, la, blah. Oh, so, oh, you're, you're the most relatable. You're just the most relatable, aren't you? Like, crazy person. <laughs> <sighs> so then, uh, one of the questions was, um, what do you think the most pressing, pressing issue for the city is? Normal, sensible question. Um, oh, by the way, should I should I um, also mention the fact that the guy moderating the town hall um, is Dick Bachelor? His name is Dick Bachelor. Yeah, Dick Bachelor. Huh, man about town. Man about town, Dick Bachelor. Dick <laughs> so, Bachelor. Who is that so, man? His name's Dick. Dick Bachelor. Oh, <gasps> that's old Dick Bachelor. <laughs> you know, old Dick Bachelor. Um, that's just a side note. Um, but <laughs> Mr. Bachelor, please, if I can, just for a moment. Have um, your ear. So Dick Bachelor lets us, um, you know, he gives the question, uh, what do you think the most pressing issue is? Uh, Miss McCannon. And then she says, and I quoted this, I, I, I quoted this uh, uh, word salad here. Um, I, the most pressing issue, I think the most pressing issue is, what do we want the character of the city to look like? Whoa. What do we want the character of the city to look like? What do we want the character of the city to look like? Those words don't make sense together. They Take don't, some but out, he is... Move them around. Like, he is cloaking something in that. He's cloaking racism in that. She? She is cloaking racism in that. Yeah, it was weird. It we was... have to ask ourselves what we want the character of this... What was it again? It, it doesn't make what? sense. The most pressing issue is, what do we want the character of the city to look like? <laughs> like is that the most pressing? I... I don't even think that makes sense. Like, I don't know what you're saying. And then she just rambled on for, like, ever. Like, it was terrible. Um, here's another fun fact from Cynthia McCannon. Um, trees have always been a big deal here. Um, cool, cool. Um, and then she, like, she was... Tr- I'm going to tell you what she was trying to say, and then I'm going to tell you what she said, and you can judge for yourself which one makes more sense. <laughs> um, because she was basically saying, oh, well, you know, in the 1880s, 1890s, now, again, this is what she was trying to say. She was trying to say, you know, back in the 1880s, 1890, only men were allowed to plant trees. That's the point she was trying to make. 
Okay. Here's what she actually said. Well, you know, back in the 1880s, 1890s in Winter Park, uh, um, you know, um, you know, with the trees, it was only it, it was only men. So only men were here in the 1890s. What are you talking about? First of all, I don't I don't think there were laws against women planting trees in, ever at any time. I don't know if that was a thing. Um, yeah. and I definitely don't think there were only men in the city. Either way, that's crazy talk. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Like, what are you saying? Um, another thing that she mentioned is, you know, a lot, a lot of people in the community, you know, a lot of people are very invested with Rollins College. They're, they're very psychically invested with Rollins College. <laughs> <laughs> they're telepathically linked to Rollins College. Are they psychically invested? I'm speaking invested? to all those students not here now through our secret link. <laughs> What do you mean they're psychically invested? <laughs> like, what are you saying? Like, all you do is like avoid the avoid questions, um, and uh, and tailor your answers to an audience of students that isn't here. Like, what are you doing? And talk in weird Sarah Palin like nonsense. I mean, Brad. I think she answered her, your question. She is talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> the special link that oh. exists between every student. Like, it's so crazy. And, um, you know, again, again, like, you know, at one point, um, she was, like, she was trying to, like, shit talk, like, um, Lorax. And she's like, well, you know, he hasn't even lived here that long. And, like, we've already heard, like, he's been living here for 50, he, he moved here in 2001. So he's lived here, like, 15 years. And, like, she's like, well, he hasn't even, you know, lived here, you know, for very long. And he just, like, Shakes his head, like, no, that's not right. <laughs> he's just like, he's just sitting there, like, no. He didn't even like bother to correct it later because what's the point? Because like, <laughs> that's just wrong. <laughs> and at one point, she said something about like we didn't even have like a, a forestry department or something. And like he and like you know when he rebuts, he's like, um, and also like I I don't know what she's been looking at. We have this amount of money budgeted for the forestry department, so if we don't have a forestry department, I'd love to know who we're paying. Because <laughs> she's just wrong about shit. She just doesn't know what she's talking about. It's so crazy that this woman is so... I mean, like, I guess, you know, he has the advantage. Like, he's on, like, the city commission. You know, he's been there, you know, for years. Like, he's involved with the legislative process already. You know, it makes sense that, like, he, you know, is up to date and knowing about shit. But she's trying to run for mayor, and she doesn't know shit. Yeah, I mean, he also has the advantage of being a competent person who yeah. understands facts and... Like I and like honestly, like I'm I you know I'd love to make fun of the guy because like all these weird videos and things about trees, everything's about trees. It's ridiculous. Um, like when I get I, when I get it, Winter Park is like super into their fucking trees. I get it, I get it. But like, it's a little over the top. But I can't, I can't, I got nothing against him. And like the thing is, like really, when it came down to it, on like most issues, they were pretty much in agreement on things. It's just every once in a while she would try to one up him in hilarious ways. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the one of the actual questions that actually dealt with Rollins College, they were like, so you know, um, some people see Rollins College as like um, you know in its own little bubble, separate you know from the city. Um, what do you think you know the mayor's sh part should be in trying to you know foster a community or whatever? Um, and he's and you know, he goes on to explain. He's like, well, you know, um, you know when I first came on the city council, uh, we uh, we didn't have a representative come out. 
um, for, uh, you know, like, graduations and things to, like, well, you know, to, to welcome the new members of the community and, you know, to, you know, uh, have a presence here. And, like, so that's something that I feel strongly about. Whatever. Fine. Perfect answer. Like, uh, like a pl- completely normal thing. Send a representative to, like, you know, make, you know, to, to make out an appearance. Make a statement. Sure, that's that's a you know that makes yeah, sense yeah. as a politician locally. Sure, that's what you do. Of course, she's got to find some kind of differing ground. So she wants to have a parade. <laughs> 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 Apparently, it's not enough to send a representative. She wants to have like a Rollins College parade. Like, you why do you what are you trying to one up with your stupid bullshit? A parade? <laughs> um, what? <laughs> so. Dumb. We'll use the funds we're not using for the forest department to throw a big parade for all the students. Those abroad and those <laughs> channeling the psychic energies to attend. <laughs> Again, we have the fu- we're using the funds for the forest department. It, it's a thing. It's so dumb. And at one point she was talking about how, oh, you know, it's, it, the city, we just need more maintenance. Like, it's, it's filthy. I was, I, was at an, I was at an event I was holding um, on, on, on Park Avenue, and there were, there, were, there were Coke cans and cigarette butts littering the streets. We need to spend more money to get this cleaned up. But, like, that's, like, a really nice area. Like, I, don't, I, I guess maybe at your event people were throwing garbage around, but, like, <laughs> it's, like, that's, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Like, it's fine. Like, it's completely clean over there. And also, there's a lot of businesses that have, like, like um, sidewalk cafes and, like, outdoor dining and things there. So, like, they keep it clean because, like, that's where, like, their business is. So I don't know what you're talking about. And this is, like, the one thing that she's actually tried to make an issue. And that's, like, not a mayoral priority. Like, you can't... You're like, if that's your priority, then you are like micromanaging some shit in crazy ways, you psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I, I, it was, it's the most fascinating local politics have ever been. There's no way she's gonna win, right? I, I mean, the thing is, olds, like yeah, it's a, it's a small, it's a small March election. Um, but like it was so ridiculous because like this guy is very competent and like has plans and like knows what he's talking about and she is just like like barely making it through lists like just talking in circles not answering the questions talking to an audience that isn't there (laughs) like (laughs) it is like i mean like it's next level terrible it was so funny (laughs) Um, oh also at one point she said um we are loving this city to death (laughs) what (laughs) What does that mean? <laughs> we will strangle this city with the intensity of our love. Don't know what you're talking about, crazy woman. Just like the college will strangle our rivals next week at the homecoming. No one here goes to the college. They're on spring break. Huh? Yeah, at one point she was talking about, like, oh, well, you know, I, I put out my phone number, um, you know, so people could call me and ask me questions, you know, in my campaign. Um, and you won't believe some of the calls I get. One woman called me and asked me what my position was of, of having chickens in the backyard. <laughs> what? Because the question was something about um, sustainability and, like, resources. Um, but then, like, she never really answered, like, what is her position about having chickens in the backyard? Um, so we don't even get to know that. We just get to know that somebody asked her that, and that's apparently the height of comedy. 
I don't know. She's a crazy woman. She's a straight up crazy woman. Yeah, sounds like a nut. And a racist. <laughs> she's, I love that we started this with her being a racist and we like, kind of got away from it because she's just crazy. She's an old right. woman who doesn't know. She's so terrible. Like, honestly. I wish the Lorax all the luck in the world in this election. I do too. Like, I, I, like, I got no problems with the guy. Like, I hope he's the mayor. Because, like, he's not a racist and, like, he kind of knows his shit. Like, Look. It was... I, I was impressed. I was impressed. A friend of the trees is a friend indeed, in my opinion. I am also Fact. a friend of the trees. Fact. Never would I spray them with an aerosol can to kill them. Hmm. I have two plants in my house right now growing, thriving. Nice. Nice. Well, Alex, uh, if you lived in Winter Park, I'm sure Steve Leary could uh, count on your vote. I hope everyone that's listening in the Winter Park area um, will uh, cast their vote on everyone. March 10th. All the Ramjack uh, listeners should go onto Twitter right now and at tweet this guy and be like, hey, dude, the struggle's real. We get it. Good Indeed. luck. And then he'll be like, why the fuck did someone in Cincinnati wish me good luck in my mayoral <laughs> race? Um, but then, like, watch the weird video um, that, like, his, like, nine-year-old daughters, like, made about, like, trees. And, like, uh, it'll be like, well, this is weird. Okay, but well, still. he wins by default because he's the Lorax, right. but don't bring your kids into your political videos. That's... Gross. It's a pretty kooky video. Um, like define kooky, like um, like well, it's a video about trees. Like, like it's all about trees. It's so weird. Um, the, this dude's like all about fucking trees. Like, it's I'm getting letters every day about trees. Like, I got like I got I oh this is this is from him. Uh, but this is basically about Cynthia McCannon continues to divide and mislead Winter Park with unsourced, inaccurate attack ads. Um, it's getting brutal, guys. It's getting brutal. Um, this is printed on recycled paper. Yeah, it's I like speak all for the trees. It's like he, she's lied about his support of trees and what is that? Like an, that looks like an eleven by fourteen piece of paper. That is huge. That is not a letter. Oh. That is a poster, friend. Dude, I've got like eight. I've got, every day, every day, at least two. Like it's this is the hottest mayoral race in history. The way that you were saying, "Hey, I got like I got like a grip of these around," makes it sound like you're collecting them and are like putting them on your walls. I, I was. I know you're not because I can see into where you're at right now, friend. But it's just funny. Look, I got a lot of them just around. Look at over it's everywhere. Huh? I'm lousy with them. I've been saving them for the podcast because I thought I would make fun of something about like this, you know, all of his like tree talk and like quoting arborists. Um, he quotes arborists? Yeah, he's like, oh, dude, is all about arborists. Like, I've seen the word arborists more in the past, like, two weeks than I have in my entire life. Also, I didn't know arborists were a thing. Nice. So, new fact, arborists. Wow. Okay, all right. Yeah. Huh. You'll keep us posted on who wins. Yeah. I'm going to be devastated well, if this woman wins. Same here. Like, I'm going to be like, fuck this shit. Um, I'm thinking about maybe getting on some boards, trying to get into some, like, local politics now. Oh, because, dude, you like, have to. Like, see if I can make this thing happen, because, like, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, but those, those are some new friends, Alex. Um, I ran into an old friend of this show recently. Really? Who? Um, well, Tuesday night, I went to the uh, Everything is Terrible show. Uh, they uh -huh. were in town. Um, it was awesome. Nice. It's their legend show, which is pretty rad. It's, like, stuff from, like, their past seven years of stuff. Um, which I kind of want to buy the DVD because it's like a three DVD set of like 16 hours of video. And they know how to curate some awesome shit. Yeah. 
and this was this show was really fun. I went I went to their show. I talked about it um before. I went to uh, a show there like like uh, a year ago, I think. That was awesome, and they had Tanglefoot. Um, but this time it was a, it was a different theme, but they would like give you options. Like, all right, you have to choose, and it was either like one of the choices was like um, kids, and one was like animals, and so you know, and then you'd watch like uh, like a you know a section that was you know kid stuff, which that's what we got, and they did that like you know five or six times, so you always get to make the choice. So nice, I, I, yeah. Power to the people. It was fun. It was fun. Um, but good stuff. Um, while I was there, I saw a friend of ours. Guys, you'll remember him from last year's April Anarchy. Um, he, he was a finalist um, from uh, uh, um, uh, from the podcast team. Old, uh, green-haired, uh, bizarrely gender-questionable clothes. Uh, um, cap. Old cap. <laughs> huh. So, and of course, he's wearing, like, some woman's, like, it's like a, it's a woman's, like, top. I don't even know what to call it. It's just, like, this weird, like, low-cut thing. Um, you know, as you would expect. Like, I, you know, because me and Dan were there, we were making fun of the fact that this was, like, hipster ground zero. Like, everyone there is the most ridiculous looking. Like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy with a denim jacket that's got a unicorn on it. Like, there's all the beards. There's, like, the weirdest, greasiest, unkempt hair. Like, everybody looks like a crazy person. Um, wow. And then Dan said something about, oh, and there's, there's, there's Cap. And I was like, sure, yeah, all right. Oh, no, that's, no, he's really there. Holy shit, cool. that's fucking Cap. So I see him, and, like, and then, like, a little bit later, he has a friend come in, and it's this woman who's, like, also very short, um, and, like, comes up to him, and they do this, like, weird, like, head lean in, like, like, they're, like, they're kissing foreheads or something. Uh, like they, kissing they, chakras, Brad. Maybe there's something to that woman's insanity of mm, psychic links mm, happening maybe in the city. Maybe they're sending some psychic, uh, um... Um, investments towards each other, like connecting their third eye. It was so weird. It was so, what they would. I was like, what are they doing? That's so weird looking. Why are you like rubbing foreheads in this weird like Mork from Orc like greeting? <laughs> like what's happening? Not, not oh, by the way, there was also a guy in a Robin Williams shirt. And when I say a Robin Williams shirt, I mean like a shirt up that's got pictures of Robin Williams all over it in his various characters. Oh, so that's a thing you can have. It's his memorial shirt. Yeah, it's it's his. He's celebrating, you know, he's celebrating the life of of, a, of one of the greats. Um, Alex, I'm gonna send you the link to that because you need to. Please see it. do. It's, it's a goddamn nightmare. Can worst dressed extend to the rest of the podcast, or does it have to happen in the episode we watch <sighs> for that? You know what? We'll figure it out. Yeah, feast your eyes on this shirt. Whoa. That's so, pretty insanity. I, I love that the bicentennial man is peeking out from behind your uh, your left armpit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex, it's only forty nine dollars and eighty four cents. Yeah. What the fuck? That's ex- so. I really thought that I mean, the guy at the top, like on your right shoulder, mm-hmm. for the briefest of moment, I, moments, I thought it was Danny DeVito, and thought, did they sneak <laughs> Danny DeVito into this shirt? <laughs> they just stuck him in there. Did they just go a Danny DeVito? But no. Wait, wait. I mean, yikes. Why do you want? Why does someone own this? Why would you do this? It's not okay. So yeah, there was just I some straight up fashion monsters, as you would expect at the Everything Is Terrible show. But the show was awesome, right? Oh, the show was great. Absolutely, the best. Perfect. 
the doors opened at 9, we got there at, like, 9.30, and the show ended up actually starting at 10, which, like, if you'd gotten there at 9, fucking hell. Because the pre-show was just clips of, like, audience reactions, so it's just audiences, the- like, laughing at things, and it was very bizarre. Hmm. And there was these, I heard two fucking hipster assholes, they were like, oh, yeah, I think it's really neat what they're doing here, because, you know, like, we're watching an audience, but we're the audience, it's, I think it's really interesting. Dude, they're not, it's not a, it's not a thing. It's not, it's, yeah. It's not art, I don't it's, think. It's a joke. It's like, it's, it's funny because they have an hour compiled of audience reactions. And yeah, there's sometimes they're clipping it together in, in funny ways back and forth. But for the most part, you're just watching audience reactions for an hour because it's pre-show and it doesn't matter. Wow, I really like this. Not- Has it started? I can't tell, but I really like it. It's not deep, dog. It's not a thing. It's not a fucking thing. It's just, it's playing. It's like, fuck you, you idiots. Like, stop it. I think it's a thing, man. (laughs) Take a shower. Take a shower and trim that beard. God. Yeah. I mean, hipsters have definitely run their course, I think. Or at least that type of hipster. Yeah. Guys, um, get those science pants on. We got some interesting science facts from various studies. All kind of centered around, um, I guess, childhood stuffed animals. Or like a security animal. Okay. Um, first bullet point um, from quite a few articles that I guess we'll link to the main one. I, I got a lot of this information off of a YouTube video. Again, I love Discovery News, guys. Subscribe to them. Um, but they, they ran one about, again, security animals. But they quoted a lot of different articles. And when I went through these articles on my own afterwards, some of it's really freaking awesome or just interesting and weird. Uh, here's, here's a fact that I found surprising. Um, it is very common in the UK and the United States. Um, 60 to 70% of children have an attachment object, usually a stuffed toy or blanket. Attachment peaks at around three years of age, but many children maintain a strong relationship that can last well into adulthood. Brad, how many people do you know that still have like a stuffed animal that they had as a child or an attachment object they had as a child? I, like, but the, they still have, like, I mean, like, I, I think if you keep something around for, like, the sake of, you know, like, um... Nostalgia? Nostalgia. Nostalgia, yeah. If you nostalgically, like, have something from your childhood that, like, oh, I have a sentiment, I had a, you know, I loved this when I was a kid, that's one thing, but, like, that still have, like, an attachment, I, I don't I don't think I know anyone. I know quite, I mean, I would almost say everyone I know. Really? Dude, okay, every woman I've dated, including my present girlfriend... Has having a stuffed animal, but having a childhood that they still like, like hold in that high esteem. Um, my girlfriend's stuffed animal is on her desk presently, and quite a few other people actually still slept with their stuffed animal, which I thought was kind of weird. I mean, I've got a, I've got a straight up Kodak on my desk. Well, yeah, but it's awesome. But I mean, I don't. It doesn't. Brad, sixty to seventy percent of children have attachment objects. And congratulations. I almost say that the Hordak is a secure, like, it's an attachment object. It's a symbol it? from your childhood that you, that you like. Well, but, but that's, I don't think that's the same, though. I, I don't think that's attachment. I, I, don't, I think that's just nostalgia and, like... Well, what's the I difference, don't think that's, I guess someone would ask. I think attachment is... Well, okay. Like a, we'll, discover, we'll discover a reason for this in a minute. Okay. Or I, I think I've devised a way to d- discover if this is an attachment object for you, friend. More on that nice. in a second. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Now, 
they think a reason that people develop an attachment object <laughs> is because when you're a baby, you think that you and your mother are the same thing. And they've done studies about this. Babies think that they <laughs> and their mother are the same. Makes sense. You're inside the womb of your mother for a long time. You get out. You're like, okay, we're the same thing still. But you're not. You're an individual. And that's tough. So when kids get older, uh, an attachment object, whether it be a blanket or a stuffed animal, helps them to cope with this. I mean, they've also done studies with monkeys about that. Like, would a monkey drink milk from a piece of wood? Or would a monkey rather cuddle up to a furry doll monkey? And every time they're going to choose to cuddle up, they will go without food. Because one, no one wants to cuddle with wood. That doesn't make any sense. But someone wants to cuddle up. They also have attachments. Children have that. But I forget, because I've heard that before, that children think they're the same as their mother. And something about that I thought was really funny and weird. (laughs) Okay, um, adults who had attachment objects as children are much more likely than those who don't to say that collectibles such as uh, Moon Rocks or original Beatles lyrics uh, and the first light bulb. Okay, I don't know why those, those that was taken from the article, so fuck, fuck that. Those person has weird things. Um, let me reread that. Adults who had attachment objects as children are much more likely than those uh, who didn't to say that collectibles are priceless or invaluable. That is, beyond monetary value. Which I think is also kind of interesting. I mean, also, I think most people collect things. Yeah. But if you have attachment, ob- if you had attachment objects as a child, you're more likely to, I guess, treasure those things more. But I, I think, but I feel like that's universal. Like, I don't, I don't know because I would say that when I was a child, I had an attachment animal. I had a little Kermit the Frog doll. Nice. It's still at my parents' house. Um, I guess on my bed. I don't have it up here with me. And also as a child, and they also kind of discovered this, um, if you have attachment animals or imaginary friends, uh, you tend to be much more social. A a lot of people thought you were social pariahs or weird. Turns out when they actually did studies about it, kids who, like, have these things tend to actually be very creative and very social and well-adjusted people. Um, But I would form attachments to objects. I used to think that toys were alive, that they had consciousness and sentience. Part of that was because of the Christmas toy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I actually thought when I left the room, my toys could think. And I've said this on the show before. I would be in the toy aisle, and I'd tell my parents to go around the corner, and I'd apologize to the other toys and give them a pep talk that, look, I'm going to buy this one and take it home, but the rest of you are going to (laughs) find homes. You're not going to be in plastic all your lives. I'm sorry, but my parents are on a limited income, and I don't have all the money in the world, or I would set you free. I'm sorry. And then I would go buy the toy. And I treated them very well. I, But I was also a child, and of course when I got older, I realized that it was fucking crazy. <laughs> that that was not right. But, okay, so from someone who had that kind of background, who definitely fell into attachment animal, or attachment object, um... I guess in that spectrum, as an adult, I don't really collect things. I've tried to collect things, but I just kind of stop. Like, it's not in me anymore to do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that's about. Whether I've also feel that 
uh, with something else now in my life. I've segued that collecting to something else. I don't know, but it's just not in me anymore. It could be my it could be my alcoholism. You're right. Rampant, rampant alcoholism. I chase it with the spirits, if you know what I'm saying. That's sometimes that's, I, get, I get calls from Alex, like, and he's like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at. I'm scared. I don't know. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I've got to say, Alex, Alex, pull yourself together. You gotta get off. You gotta get off the sauce. You gotta get off the sauce. Brad, I've got ten new friends, but they're very fragile. I've dropped one, and I think he's dead. Alex, those aren't those aren't those aren't friends. Those aren't friends. Those 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 are those are toothpicks. Like, but that's, that's stop it. No, but they talk to me. They, they don't. <laughs> this that's one's the, named Harold. He likes olives a lot. <laughs> that's the booze talking. That's the booze talking. You're a lush. Get your shit together. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> you filthy lush. Or you'll be running in a mayoral race Mr. in Florida. Mr. Booster B. Double Never choose. Hmm. Okay, so the number of children with attachment objects is higher in societies where children are separated from their parents early. So like in the UK and the United States, compared to those where children traditionally continue to sleep with their mother into middle childhood. I know that sounds weird, um, but this was something I thought was interesting. This is a cultural thing. Apparently here in the West, like in Europe and the United States, um, we try to let make kids sleep by themselves at an early age, mm-hmm. where in more of an eastern an eastern kind of mentality, particularly Japan, is that you sleep with your parents until like middle childhood. So I guess like halfway through like elementary school, and you have less of an attachment to objects, which I think is interesting. Have attachment to objects. That's so much better. That's so much better. We'll see. This article, or these series of, I guess, scientific studies presented in this way, I think is super telling, because all of us buy shit. <laughs> like, that is what America is built like, on, is also, consumerism. Like, sure, but I also, like, they're talking about, like, oh, this, uh, you know, these people, they have, they hold these things in, in higher esteem, and they say they're invaluable. Well, like, I, I mean... Yes, sentimental value. Like, that's a thing. A sentimental value. Uh, Oh, something from my childhood has sentimental value. Yeah, of course it does. It's from your childhood. I don't know that that's necessarily because, like, you're attached to it more than I... I, Well, I I, I guess a lot of this is saying, or a lot of these studies seem to be, I guess, implying that, yes, when you're a child, um, a lot of us tend to form attachments to objects, regardless of society. But in some cultures, obviously, it seems more pronounced than others, mainly because of a separation anxiety makes you attach more to things that make you comfortable. And that as you go into adulthood, not that it's right or wrong. I mean, there is no, this isn't going to damage you as a person. Like I said earlier, there are studies about how if you did these things as a child, uh, some of it can lead to imaginary friends or just like... Um, I, just, I just question the point that like the idea, I, I, I can't really wrap my mind around the fact that... Um, that other like other cultures in different societies don't have a sentimental attachment to things from their childhood. Well, I'm sure they do. So, but and it's I don't at see a different where... level, or it's it's much less pronounced. It's it's not as pervasive as it is is here in the West, and that that also tends to perhaps lend itself 
to more, I guess, of a consumerist mentality and or a collection mentality, which I don't know about because I know in Japan, collection economy is like a big thing. Yeah. Like, they are all and about I, collecting things. And also, I think it's, they're really, like, overblowing, like, um, like the the definition of, of priceless. When they say priceless or invaluable, like, talking about these things that have sentimental value. I mean, yeah, I can say, like, yeah, there are things, like, from my childhood that I, I consider, you know, they're sentimental. They have, yeah, they're... I, I, I mean, I can say prizes are invaluable. Um, no, of course, there's a price. Of course, everything has a price. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, they have great personal value that, like, yeah. But I feel like this... The way this is that that I'm reading this is it's I feel it's maybe exaggerating some things and creating I don't I think I think I really think it's a stretch. Like uh, I feel like they're I feel like they're correlating like way too much. Like maybe more kids in the US UK have attachment objects that they're more attached to than other things. Sure, I'll buy that. But then um, when we try to extrapolate that, I just I feel like that's where it gets murky. I mean, I would agree with you on most all accounts. I think it's, these are interesting facts where they're being guided through by these articles. I mean, whatever. But I do think it's neat. Mm-hmm. All right. The last um, bullet point I have here of the larger studies about all of this um, says there may be long-lasting effects of having such a special bond with a toy in childhood. On measures of unconscious stress... Adults are more upset about cutting up photos of their attachment object than photos of other teddies. Their mobile phones are sentimental jewelry given to them by loved ones. Well, yeah. Brad, would you ever cut up a pic? If if someone handed you a picture of Hordak and said, "Cut this up, please." I mean, if it's what like, would you, would I, I you cut, tell them no or what? If I, they say they're more upset about cutting up a photo. I mean, yeah, wouldn't you be more upset about cutting up a photo of something that, like, you liked a lot as opposed to, like, something you're kind of... Like, I feel like that's... I mean, that doesn't... That's not shocking to me at all. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily shocking at all, but it's... I would say it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think, yeah, that anything... Like, if you... Well, all right, if someone gave you two pictures, here's a picture of your family and here's a picture of Horde... Uh, well, okay, not your specific... Because I know you would have... If oh, anything, like, you would delightfully cut out your, <laughs> your family. Yes! Cut off your skull! <laughs> but people who have, like, anything... Like, let's say... No. I guess I, I guess most... Alex, Alex, okay, here, here's the thing. Okay, right. what's up? Um, you, listen, you've got two photos. Um, I'm going to make you cut them both up. Um, which, which of these is going to be harder for you? One is a photo of, um, of, let's see, of, uh, of someone in the, uh, Winter Park, uh, city commissioner's race. Okay. Um, not the mayoral race, because I know we have strong feelings there, but for the, uh, city commissioner's race that you've never seen before, mm-hmm. um, and the other one is a photo of, of, uh, Charles and Gwendolyn Pierce. Don't make me do that. Don't make me do that. You gotta cut it up. You gotta no, cut I don't. it up. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do, Brad. The other picture is already shredded. Like, as you were telling me about, like, who it was, <laughs> I already just cut them out. Like, I took time. All right, all right. I'm going to cut out. I'm gonna, first, I'm going to make, I'm going to cut them out. Like, I'm going to cut them out in Photoshop. And now I'm going to give them a haircut. Now they've got all a right. mohawk. And now they have their ears off. And now suddenly they're just a, a disembodied head. Like, I was having fun with that cutting up. I will not cut 
Charles and Gwendolyn. All right, all right. Then, Alex, here's your second option. One is a picture of Charles and Gwendolyn, and the other is a picture of alcohol. Your favorite. Don't make me choose, Brad. Don't you do this to me, it, friend. Is it, is it Charles and Gwen or... Or, 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 is it, or is it Jack Daniels? This. Or is it Jack Daniels, Alex? Who's it going to be? I don't know. I need to talk Who's to my charge? two big friends. Who's in charge? <laughs> Who's in charge? Is it Charles or is it the booze? Who's in charge, Alex? <laughs> New boy in the neighborhood. Oh, no. Those are like... Oh. Mm. I don't know, Brad. I don't know who wins that. I don't want to think mm. about it. It bothers me. It's yeah. making me really stressed, Brad, in both an unconscious and a quite oh obvious way. Oh, God. Alex is reaching for a bottle. Oh, no, no, no. Reach for a stuffed animal, not a bottle. Reach for a stuffed animal, not a bottle. <laughs> Reach for Kermit, not the bottle. Do you think... I, I, I easily see someone taking this study and running with it and saying, Do you know someone in your life who's addicted to alcohol? Let us help them with stuffed animals. <laughs> hi ho. Well, hello. The bartender has a puppet he just brings up. I think you've had one too many, friend. Who needs a hug? Ah, you you need to stop drinking. Ah. Kermit, Kermit, you came back. Well, of I course just, I did, I, silly. I, just, I think maybe, maybe you should just not drink so much. I think you've got a problem and you need to admit it to yourself. I have, Kermit. Kermit, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's how. That's how we help, Brad. Yeah. We start a that's... puppet. We get puppeteers to go around mm-hmm. to bars, mm-hmm. and they help people who are alcoholics. Because yes. all they need yes. is a stuffed animal. All guys, they need is a, something from their childhood. Guys, interventions. It's coming back uh, this Sunday. Uh, finally, A and E's bringing it back. I think. I think. What we need to see in this new season of intervention, like I think, what we need to see is let's let's get the the Jim Henson puppeteers in, like let's get them in there. All right, I'm here to I'm here to help you move. Da- Wait, what the fuck is this? Uh, come on in if you will and sit down. We've got something to talk about. Holy fuck, Kermit! I wish I could do more Muppet voices. God damn it! <laughs> the first step is admitting you have a problem. Oh my god, guy! Oh my god! Don't tell me you brought them all here. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what the steps are now. Like, like what? you need to surrender yourself to a higher power. Ah, which is kind of weird religious bullshit and shouldn't be required. Ah. But it really could be anything. Like we're focusing on the Muppets, but like think if someone had like a Star Wars like childhood. Suddenly you walk in and it's. And it's Chewbacca. <laughs> and he's the guy that you hug. I'm sorry, Chewie. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> okay, it is. <laughs> Help you a bit. I mean, I think this is. I think we've stumbled onto something I, here, we, Brad. I think we, we, we solved it. Case closed. Case closed. We just we, we solved, solved alcoholism. alcoholism. <laughs> Straight it. up. Did it. Done. Anybody got another mystery? Who else has got a mystery? Step up. Send us your fucking mysteries. We're gonna solve them. Is you, oh, your mystery was how do I get dad to stop drinking so much? We fucking told you. Why weren't you listening? Get a Muppet. Muppets will make him stop drinking. Do you love your dad? Well, get a Muppet. <laughs> Hire professional puppeteers. That's all it takes, dummy. 
Like, why didn't you think of that? Why did we have to tell you? Why didn't you? Oh, you're the worst. You're, you're why your dad drinks. Because you don't think. You don't think. Anything from your childhood. <laughs> Brad, can you imagine a giant Hordak? Let's say you're at the bottom. Just at the bottom, suddenly Hordak comes up. I, it's Skeletor, even. <laughs> that would be pretty fucking awesome. He-Man. He-Man. I hear you have a problem. Skeletor? What is this? We'll open the gates of Despondos. For there's someone there who cares an awful lot about you. That's so weird. <laughs> this is awesome. I, I, I do think that this is going to change lives. Definitely, definitely. Game changer. So guys, it's that super special time of the week where we check in with our dear, dear friend, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China, never met it before. Who cares? Guys, um, you all know that me and Brad play a game every week. Um, we have a minute on the clock and we try to get as close to a minute as possible in summarizing the episode. If you go over, you straight up lose. You're a loser. You're a no good loser. If you can't fall within a very tight window uh, between 55 seconds and 60 seconds, you're a chump. You get the chump music. Oh boy, what does that sound like? I, 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 I it's pretty. Oh no! It's the classic chump music. Classic. It's truly, um, truly classic. But none of us know the horrors of the losers' music, which Brad oh. has yet to. Yeah. Guys, I'm scared. I don't want to hear it. Oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm. I'm scared. I'm scared. Brad, can you do it? Can you be a hero this week? I, I think know. you can, friend. I don't know if I can. Brad, someone rising uh, the episode Election, Season 5, Episode 15 of Belvedere. Yes. Dude, collect yourself. I'm not going to push this. Take as much time as you need. High stakes now in the really, summarizing the, game. The problem is we've, we've, we've stayed in that five-second window for so long... It's just like a matter of time till one of us fucks this up. Well, it's a matter of time the... before I ultimately make it three seconds just on accident. Oh, because seriously. it was ten, it was, and it, was it went 10 to seconds. five. Yeah. Then you slowly moved it up to five, and a tight oh. window of fifty-nine to sixty seconds. <laughs> and at that point, it's just it's ridiculous. <sighs> but take your time, man. And we're not there right. yet. We're right. working I our think, way up. I think I can do this. All right, I'm gonna count you in on go. Three, two, one, go. All right, guys, it's election. Um, first off, it's Mr. Belvedere's birthday. And like every year, he's like, guys, don't do anything. You got me strippers last year, and I hated that for some reason. Um, even though I have a bikini brigade, whatever, we'll talk about it. Um, but he's like, don't do anything. And guess what? They don't. But the whole episode, he's like, oh, I know they're going to do something. And he keeps trying to catch them and says, aha. And it's wacky. And then in the end, they have to give him a birthday because he's like going a little cuckoo. But main story, Wesley T is running for class president. And like, he's, it's, he's clean. It up. It's gonna be a piece of cake. It's he's got it in the bag until oh oh wheelchair kid. Oh boy, I can't compete against a wheelchair kid. He's in a wheelchair. It's a real save by the bell situation. Like he's, he's trying to run a clean campaign, but like this little this little gutter snipe wheelchair kid is pulling tactics. Um, and like he's he's like throwing all the mud, and Wesley's like I can't fight back. In the end, he realizes he should treat him as a person, and that's the episode. 
59 seconds. All right. Right on the dot too over here, dude. 59. That's a tight nice. window. You, you got nice. it. You're a victor in nice. my eyes, friend. Nice. Well done. Whew. This is a kooky episode. This is Soup's Kooks. Like, I love season five. I love it. I also, I love that we're sticking with the theme of this week's episode and talking about elections. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it is Belvedere's birthday. Yes. Have we had a Belvedere's birthday episode before? I'm pretty sure we have. Yeah, I think we have. Um, which if we have, bravo to the show for bringing that back up as a, as a plot B. I appreciate that. Sure. Actually, but if they cool. haven't, I mean, it feels so natural. They introduce... I, 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 I mean, they... I know we have. And I think it was the same kind of thing where, like, Mr. Belvedere doesn't want them to do anything. I'm going to be slightly disturbed if it hasn't. Mainly because in the show, they present it to us like we've done this before. In the show, Belvedere will often reference itself. So if it hasn't, that means that I am so invested in Belvedere that I have duped myself into believing that they've already done, that this is a, oh, they're back at the birthday antics again. You know what's crazy is like, um, I, I don't, I, if we have, I think it was maybe a minor plot, but we've had, we've had a Marsha birthday first, of course, that was the cheerleader, that was Marsha's birthday. Oh, yeah. We did her birthday first, um, and then we did Kevin's 18th birthday um, and then we did Heather's 16th birthday where like that really weird sexist one oh, where yeah. George is like my kitten. Uh, and now we've got Mr. Belvedere's birthday. <laughs> like, um, have we had a Wesley T or a, a George? I'm sure if we haven't yet, we will. We, we will have a George spoiler alert. Um, I don't think we ever get a Wesley T. Now that's unfortunate. I mean, if so, it's not listed in Wikipedia. That's Okay. But we also may have had, like, them mentioning it. Maybe it wasn't a main part of the plot. I feel like we've had something mentioned about Mr. Belvedere's birthday before. Oh, no, I'm thinking about the Christmas episode. Where yeah. he's, where he's like, doesn't want to do Christmas with them, and, yeah. So there's there's a lot of episodes where he's fighting, I guess, yeah. this total just immersion in the family. Because right. at this point, they even ask, like, Belvedere, what would you like for your birthday? And he says, how about last month's pay? And they're like, oh, okay, you got us. We're not going to pay you. We're not paying you. You live here now. You're like grandpa. <laughs> Your new grandpa. Yeah. Your daddy's friend. Second grandpa. Hmm. So that's weird. Definitely. So they're a little upset because they really wanted to do something from Belvedere because that's who the Owens are. Like, I... I mean, like, we'll get into it, but, like, it's always this, like, thing of, like, people... It's such, a, like, a cliche. People don't want somebody to... They say they don't want something done for their birthday, and then they, they get upset when people don't. Like, what the fuck is that? I don't know, dude. That's so weird. Like, is that... I mean, I, I guess that's probably a thing, but Look, fuck that. I know it sounds really selfish and self-centered for me to say, throw me something for my birthday party. So I'll be, I'll be the bigger person here, and I say, I don't care. Don't do anything for my birthday. Oh, even though I didn't want it, you did it anyway? You must really care. No, fuck you. Don't do that shit. <laughs> yeah. If you want something for your birthday, just do it. Or ask yeah. for it. It's fine. Yeah. If it's, not, I, be honest. Don't play some weird birthday games. Yeah. Like, I don't... It's so fucked up and weird. People are fucking worst. Birthdays are a time for celebration, not for games. I mean, you can yeah. play games on your birthday, but not with the people you love. Hmm. Not with their emotions. 
Mmm, not with emotions. Like, listen, if you're gonna play a game with your birthday, play with a whack-a-mole mallet. Like, don't play with an emotion. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, don't let your heart be a game of whack-a-mole. And don't do that to others. Because that's not love. That isn't. That's not love. Listen to your friend. <laughs> I really do love that as a concept for healing people. Puppetry. <laughs> because you know it's not going to work, really. And you people are going to get pissed off and confused and angry oh, because yeah. you're using their childhood against them. It'll be worse. Oh, yeah. Absolutely worse. I love it. Because <laughs> then Kermit gets his eye ripped out and suddenly that person realizes they've taken it too far and the other puppets freak out because everyone has to be in character. <laughs> what have you done? My Kermit, I'm sorry. What a horrible person. I hate you. <laughs> so, okay, the next scene in Belvedere, because they were eating breakfast, is Wesley T. runs downstairs. He's got, um, I, I'm not really, his campaign manager, a girl from school. I don't remember her name off the top of my head. Her name is Miriam. Miriam. She's, she's the same girl that's in the, um, what is that? The Wizard? No. Are you sure it's not? Yes. Interesting. Because I the girl from The Wizard is... Um, no, she's actually a famous person. The girl from The Wizard is... Ginny Lewis. And this isn't Ginny Lewis? No. Huh. This is... This is Kelly Martin. Kelly Martin. Hmm. Tricked me. Most, I thought most for recently sure. in the TV film So You Said Yes... Which sounds like a movie you might have seen, Alex. Um, I definitely will look it up after this podcast. So you said yes? <laughs> um, okay, my bad completely. I thought it was. Um, they favor each other. Or maybe they don't. I don't know. So she rolls in, and Belvedere is a little creepy. Belvedere says, Wesley, who's your friend? It's a little weird, the way he says it. I don't, yeah, it's a, yeah, definitely. I don't like it. It's like an creepy. Uncle Belvedere, and I don't like it. No, it's bad news bears, Belvedere. Well, she's like, oh, this is my campaign manager. I'm running unopposed for uh, class president. I'm going to get some change around here, Belvedere. Of course Wesley T's running out of... Who's going to oppose Wesley T? I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Um, so we get the credits. After the credits, we come into Wesley's campaign headquarters, um, which is just covered with, like, vote for Wesley. Like, he's running unopposed. Like, why has he got so much merch? You know, Wesley, he's not going to half-ass it. True. Um, Miriam pulls up some boxers, um, with Wesley T's face on them. He's like, hey, Wesley, just think, now everybody's gonna be sitting on your face. What? <laughs> what? And right if she says that, then, um, then, like, the hot girl walks in, who looks, like, three years older than the rest of these kids. It's weird. Yeah, and she says, what's up, Wesley? And he says, oh, hey, what's up? What was your name again? That's cool. Um, and then her boyfriend walks in? Yeah. Moose. I remember his name being Moose. <laughs> right. Because every, every, like, every kid's show has to have, like, a giant dude called Moose. Oh, hey, Moose. And he's like, hey, this is my girl. Oh, we forgot the part where the dog runs after him. Oh, just, yes, yes. Guys, I mean, every episode is made better by Spot. I actually thought this happened later. Um... But yeah, so they're going to go put up campaign posters. And so in the end, of course, into the scene was like, come on, Spot. And out comes Spot. He's like wearing, he's wearing like a straight up little sweater. And he's pulling like, he's pulling like a little wheelbarrow with a Vote Wesley sign. It's adorable. I love Spot. He's the best. <laughs> I mean, how do you not vote for a kid whose dog is supporting him? 
like you, you have to vote for him. He, his his dog is the best dog actor on the planet. Like he needs to win a dog Oscar. <laughs> Can I? Why is there? Why are there students in the background answering phone calls about in Wesley's campaign office? Like who's question. calling to learn about Wesley? Who's in the pit? Hey, this is uh, Harold with the reporter. We're calling to hear about this Wesley kid. He's running for school. He's running for. I mean, I guess that one actual like child reporter may be calling in because he fancies himself an actual reporter. Yeah, that little like that that escapee from from uh, uh, um, press gang. Yeah, like he's just constantly calling as the only reporter. Yes, and that's why they have to have the phone line. They just take his call. I mean, because it's all kind of pretend. They're so young anyway. Like it's not yeah. real. It's so bizarre. Um, so yeah, Moose Guy is like, uh, hey, "Why are you talking to my girl?" Wesley gives him a pen. And then he's like a proud Wesley T supporter. It's all right, cool, 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 cool. And it's like all right, well everything's fine as long as you know I keep running unopposed until four o'clock today or something. Uh, which time? Who wheels into the scene, Alex? I really thought it was the AIDS kid at first, and thought, holy <laughs> fuck, please, please let the AIDS kid come back in a wheelchair and run against uh, Wesley. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh hey guys, I'm back. No, my legs are broken. I've got AIDS still. Oh Holy boy! Fuck. No, it's it's the cripple kid. Yeah, little honestly, Padel. Padel, old Padel, Padel for Prez. Wesley oh, says, wait. "Hey man, you want a shirt?" And Padel says, "Dude, I got my own." Hey, you got competition, man. I'm coming for you. And he, he unzips his jacket and he has the Padel for Prez shirt. Yes. Wesley and his campaign off. Uh, chief are beside themselves they're like oh, holy what's happening what's happening i mean and like immediately you know oh this is gonna be this is going to be an episode of television <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. um so the so fam- we, go- we go back to the the owens house and the mm-hmm. family's desperately trying to think of something to give belvedere yes also i'm gonna point out in this scene Marsha, what are you wearing because like that looks gross um, she's, she's got some Mertz pants, some, like, brown Mertz pants going on. And then, like, a weird, like, rose, like, I, I don't know, maybe it's, like, I don't what color is that top? I don't know. I don't Heather is wearing, uh, a sweatpants and a sweatshirt. It's not doing anything for her, either. But Marsha's outfit is just weird. I mean, she's starting to Mertz it. I mean, uh, oh. George looks fine. George looks like an old man. He's got that watch on. I mean, yeah. George looks like a respectable old man in the 80s. Kevin, yeah, George of course. Is dressed, George is dressed like my grandfather. Like, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Kevin, of course, has like the loose kind of, very loose shirt that's almost like a, a windbreaker-ish, but not. Uh, that's, uh-huh. just, that's just the style of fabric they wore back then. He True. looks cool. Belvedere's an old classic Belvedere garb. It's really Marsha who's the biggest offender here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, yeah, they're trying to think of, of, uh, things for Belvedere's birthday, um, and, like, he's like, hey, I told you guys, why don't you just give me a card, like, calm it down. Yeah, and they're like, alright, maybe, we'll think about it. Wesley T. rolls in, guys, I know you've read the papes, because I know the press agents just keep calling my office. I got competition now. It's the cripple kid. <laughs> And George basically says, "All right, we got to run a mud campaign. We got to we got to destroy this kid. There's going to be nothing left of it. What's his name? Um, Padel. Padel? Haven't heard of him. It's going to be a puddle of Padel by the time we're done with him. Let's let's let me get <laughs> at him. A, I know what we're doing. There's going to be doing. a Padel of Padel. 
<laughs> but ooch. Um, like, it's weird though, because George doesn't even say that. Because George just kind of says, oh, well, that shouldn't be too hard. As though, like, oh, <laughs> oh it's not too much. Oh, it's a wheelchair kid. What's gonna, it's not going to be hard to... Come on. Come on. Come on, Wesley. You can run circles you can around fuck him. Over a, yeah, you can fuck over a wheelchair kid. Easy. He's in a wheelchair. And then George's like, oh, well, you know, just... I mean, like, on the issues. On the issues, of course. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Never asked George to help with your campaign. Seriously. Ugh. So Wesley T's kind of like, I don't know. This is going to be weird. Um, it's the next day. It's Belvedere's birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they give Belvedere a card. He's kind of excited. He looks in the envelope to make sure there's something else there. There's not. Like, that's... Uh, like, what are you doing, okay. like, checking the envelope? That's fucked up. Don't do that. Like, what? What? What does the card say? Um... It's some sort of little cutesy thing about you're getting old. Happy birthday. You're not getting older. You're getting bitter. It says better. Uh, womp, womp, womp. You're not getting older, you're getting better. Belvedere thanks them, but is, is still waiting for the surprise. Wesley T says, hey Belvedere, um, you do anything later? Why no, Wesley T, maybe, maybe not. I guess I could go see a movie and be him around nine. Uh, that's cool, whatevs. Anyway, I got some of my campaign people coming over. We're going to do a thing. Just wanted to let you know. Because I know you don't like us running underfoot or whatever the fuck you say. He's like, oh, yes, uh, well, I could go to a movie. I'll be back. Uh, nine. Like, like, you're already hitting around like Belvedere. Like, stop it. Like, you're not getting a thing. Like, you said don't want a thing. That means stop. Like, acting like you're going to get a thing. Well, well, first off, Belvedere, stop. The family has already been served breakfast, and you are, like, uh, whisking easily six, <laughs> eight eggs. <laughs> Who are you making those eggs for? They've already got all their breakfast. Like, is Kevin coming over later? Are you eating Um, nonsense? Alex, you say six eggs. I think what you mean is 18 eggs. Like, because he has a bowl of the eggshells in front of him, and it's, like, all the eggs in the world. I thought those were, like, more whole eggs. If those are the discarded shells, then yes, because he is making Because he has a, a whole bowl or of yellow in front of him. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's making a... a, a all the quiche in the world. Is that an indicator of how many takes they had to do of this? Because Belvedere just kept cracking eggs at the beginning of the scene? <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be pretty cool. So we're, we cut to school. Wesley T. is in the hallway getting the student body r- r- riled up. They're like, yes. He, of course, there's 80s political nonsense happening. Oh, man. He's like, there's, like, we're really getting into it. Like, he's like, uh, Read my lips, no new uh, student fees. Like, all right, cool. We got that weirdo reporter kid running around. Oh, and then, yeah. We got to talk about that reporter kid. He's got like a straight up like hat with like a press thing on top of it. Like, he's like, listen, I'm from I'm from the junior paper. It's like, like, what? What? Like this, in this kid, he takes it so seriously. Oh, like, yeah. I, I wish like he talked like that um, fake American kid from, from press gang like just doing that uh, terrible american accent i, I mean <laughs> it's so bad it. there's no way to even mimic it i've tried it you just uh, can't like, oh it's like it's like because uh, he told it's always it's always like it's always like 
Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, it's uh, it's because it's kind of New York, but it's kind it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like gangster as well. And yeah, sometimes you know, hey, it's oh, okay, I'm gonna go get some coffee. Yeah, I'm gonna go get some coffee. You know, watch some shows. It's like it's what? Because because the British still like it's there. It never leaves. It's, like like any time like he says a few words in his any time. Yeah, any time that like like. Like, we get, like, this, like, weird, like, English-American... It's always this, like, 1920s gangster thing going on. It's always, like, any time. It's always this, oh, well, oh, I'm gonna go get some coffee. Go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go get some coffee and, um, go down there and, uh, yeah, well, we'll see what happens, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? What is that? Where are you from? <laughs> Where are you from? I think he's lying to all of you. He's not from America. Like... I wanted to go to some report and get a coffee. Aren't you? Cool. I would love if that's a plot point later in that. Like, you know, your accent's really off. (laughs) What are you talking about? Hey, I don't don't know what you're saying. I'm just an American. But then, like, they'll just throw in Southern. It'll, like, like, what? Y'all don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) What? Just, you seem to use very strange colloquial words. I love it. I love it so much. So, um, who reigns on the, uh, Wesley T. Parade but Wheelchair Kid? Oh, Wheels. Old Puddle. (laughs) (laughs) Old Puddle. Hey, Wesley. Wheels McGee Padel. Yeah. Hey, Wesley, you think you can actually change anything? We're just student president. Not like anyone with money. Hey, Padel, who invited you to the fucking reign on my parade? Get out of here. Seriously, he's, he's such a sad sack. But at the same time, I appreciate it because nobody like has like has like a student like body office like does anything. Like it's all oh, a show. It is. It's all like, like student politics. You, what do you I get what to do talk do? to the principal every week, and we talk about how old times were better. And then I feel like I've done something. I haven't done anything. Like seriously, like what has ever been done? What has ever been done by like the student council? And it's all like, the same bullshit. Look, if anyone's gonna lie to you, it's a student politician. I'm gonna get the food changed in the cafeteria, bitch. You ain't changing nothing. No, no one's student ever changed. Yeah, no because... student has ever been elected and changed the cafeteria menu. I'm sorry. I know it's a platform you run on, but I'm tired of it. So, because, like, guess what? The school system, like, budgets for, like, the cafeteria food. Like, there's not, like, the principal can't even change the fucking cafeteria food. Like, you gotta talk up to somebody, like, like, yeah, I, like, I don't know, talk to, talk, talk to the mayor. Talk to the mayor, maybe. Like, call, call up, call up Cynthia, um, and say, hey, Cynthia, when you're not talking about, like, like, psychic, uh, um, investments, could we talk about our school system's food? Because it's bullshit. Who are you? I'm a child. <laughs> I love that she kind of has a Don's knots to her a little bit now that we've progressed her. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'd like to. I was thinking maybe, you know, I'd run for mayor of the city, you know, see if I could do something about, you know, gonna change some things around, make some psychic investments, uh, you know, do something about these trees. Trees are big here. You know, in the 1890s, uh, only men were here, and they planted the trees, and women weren't allowed. I don't think that's personally right, but, you know, I get bored flying first class. What do I know? (laughs) (laughs) What I'm trying to say is, well, Angela... I'm a fucking psychopath. That's all there is to it. Uh, uh, I'm going to go up to Mount Pilot and blow my brains out. (laughs) Because I'm a fucking raving lunatic.
<laughs> but this child called me and said I should change the school cafeteria menu, so I'm going to try to get something about that done before <laughs> I murder myself. <laughs> you fucking awesome. So yeah, student government doesn't change a goddamn thing, kids. It's all a popularity contest. Or not even that, I mean, who wants to be student president? It's boring squares. as fuck. Fucking squares and spazzes. <laughs> fucking squares, you know? Hey! Hey! Where's the gang going about? I'm trying to get a coffee and these squares are coming after me, talking about, uh... <laughs> trying to talk about menus. Cool. You actually do a really good version of this, because it... it it's not, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's accent nonsense. Like, it's just muddled. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's so good. I love it so much. I'm so happy you can do a, a good version of it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, wheelchair kid rolls away pissed. Like, God damn it. The kids aren't taking me seriously. They just like Wesley T. What's up with that one girl with the giant ponytail on the side of her head? Yeah. Uh, I wish I had a campaign manager. So, um... I mean, these kids really do have some fashions going on. I mean, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah. So, later, uh, Belvedere's coming back from the movies. He's, uh, he, he, he's like, he's sure they're going to have a surprise party ready for him. Um, and, like, he starts, he, he's got this bit he's doing with all episode. Every time he thinks somebody's about to, like, you know, yell surprise, he, like, does this thing where he licks his hands and he, like, wets his hair. I'm like, stop doing that. That's, That's gross. gross. <laughs> also, Straight you do gross. it multiple times in a scene, which means you're touching your hair and then licking your hand again and then touching your hair. No! No! That's gross! So he run, he, he opens the door, turns on the light, and jumps in and is like, aha! Which is also a thing he does repeatedly throughout the episode. <laughs> George comes downstairs and is like, hey, Belvedere, what's going on? I'm just going to the kitchen to get a snack. Uh, are you... Want to come with me? And Belvedere's like, oh, oh, in the kitchen. All right, I'll go to the kitchen. All right. Aha! (laughs) (laughs) Then he goes out to the back porch. No one's there. George is like, you all right, Belvedere? And, like, Belvedere keeps doing this, uh, oh, I thought I saw a raccoon. Like, it's like, oh, you're the worst. Like, worst. Like, first of all, like, uh, fuck you for, like, um, um, assuming people are going to throw you a party after you said don't throw me a party. Like, fuck that shit. But then, like, you're going to be like, aha, like, you want to catch them throwing you a party? So it's not even enough that, like, they're going to do something for you that you told them not to do and that you secretly want them to do. You also want to, like, be the douche that catches them at it. Yeah. Like, if somebody throws you a surprise party, you have to pretend to be surprised. That's the rule of surprise parties. Because guess what? No one's ever been surprised by a surprise party. <laughs> like, it's happened, like, three times in history. Like, everybody knows that, oh, it's like, all right, but you play along because you're not a dick. <laughs> so, then we're treated to Belvedere journaling early. Mm-hmm. Like, this is about midway through the episode, and Belvedere is in his room journaling, which terrified me. Because I wasn't sure what was happening next. As a seasoned Belvedere watcher, all bets are off after this. All bets are off. All bets are off. It's like, He's journaling already? What? What's happening? I don't understand. Is this a two-parter? What does it mean? Um, Wesley T. interrupts him and is like, hey, what's up, Belvedere? Um, I guess he just got out of the shower? I don't remember how he gets Belvedere to open the door to the shower, other than with the... The promise well, I, of a surprise. Well, no, he he comes in and he's like, "Hey, Mr. Belvedere, I just wanted to um, talk to you a minute. I'm I'm you know I'm gonna follow your advice and I'm gonna run a clean campaign and not fuck over wheels. 
Um, cause like I guess I should not be a dick. And Belvedere's like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and also, I, I, you know, I'm I'm done with the restroom, so you can feel free to use it now. Um, and Belvedere's like, oh, in the bathroom. Like, first of all, if anyone's throwing you a surprise party in the bathroom, fuck that. You don't want to go to that party. Like, that's no. the worst party. Worst part. Worst surprise. What could be in a bathroom? That's a fun surprise. Nothing. Like, I don't know, new soap? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, shaving cream? Uh, some nice aftershave? Uh, I bubble bath with votives and a bath, good book? Mmm, all right. Maybe all some right. wine? Maybe some right. uh, rare European chocolates? I think you're, you're selling me. You're selling... No, not chocolates, though. I'm not... You're not going to eat shit in the bathroom. No, I don't care if you're taking a bubble bath. <laughs> no. no. Thank you. Like, I was, I was with you with, with bubble bath and votives and a good book. Like, just, like, relax. Sure. But, like, you start throwing in food in a bathroom, and I say, no! Fuck that party! I would agree. I would, n- I n- would never eat food in the bathroom. Ever. No. Oh, here's some great chocolates to eat in the bathroom. Cool. Cool. I'll just eat some chocolates in the place where I defecate. Sounds like fun. Sounds great. Oh, it's melting on my hands. This is a nightmare. <laughs> it's melting on my hands and we have now entered nightmare territory oh it's, thank you i have melted chocolate on my hands in the place i use the restroom um i'm in a nightmare happy I birthday to nightmare. me happy birthday to me <laughs> chill out I, okay <sighs> worst so um yeah Belvedere uh, runs to the bathroom throws the door open and we hear Heather scream and Belvedere has a terrified look on his face what did it's he a, say it's a, it's a great reaction <laughs> it's cause it's it's such an over the top reaction that I don't know what's going on in the bathroom but it ain't good you think he caught uh Heather and Kevin oh that's what happened and that's now he happened. knows for sure yep yep Yep, that's, yep, what yep. That's, that's what happened. That's what happened. Case closed. It's mystery solved. He runs yeah, to another his... mystery. That's another mystery solved. <laughs> um, the next day there is a an early debate or an announcement of can- candidates. Um, a very small portion of the school is in this room. <laughs> in, in in the same spirit of a Saved by the Bell assembly. Seriously. <laughs> uh. There's yeah. one person in the audience that seems it's for Padel early on. There's just some girl, probably a sister, who knows what the fuck. She looks um, like a real sad sack, too. I kind of love that. She just yeah. looks sad. Like, I feel bad for him. He's in a wheelchair. Come on, guys. See, his legs don't work. How would you feel if your legs didn't work? All right, bitch, just chill. Around. He's a human. It's just his little feet just don't work. Honey, stop. <laughs> so... Um, I guess the principal opens up, I guess, just the town hall, the questions. And, of course, they're like, oh, blah, 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 and press gang stands up. Hey, 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 I got a question here. Old. Hey there. <laughs> Good, uh, hey, uh, sorry, let me put my coffee down. Um, just got a question for you. Uh, for the Junior Gazette. Well, um, well, um, well I just want to ask, um, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, so, uh, what makes you qualified to be uh, a person in school morning, eh? <laughs> I Wesley T basically plays it like the charade. He understands this is a popularity contest. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be me, and the people are gonna vote for me because I'm Wesley T. I'm awesome. Um, guess who's ready to flip the script? Hmm. Oh, fucking Bedell. 
Bedell's like, hey, dog, you have had some questionable tactics in the past. Yeah, he, and he starts, like, listing off some shit. Yeah, which I honestly, I watched this episode three times in preparation for this podcast, and I honestly cannot remember a single thing that Wesley like, T. did wrong. He talks about, yeah, he, like, he names off, like, a, some, like, crazy scam that he pulled, and then it's like, you also, he also belched into a Bunsen burner, uh, risking the chance of the entire school blowing up. And then he breaks out, like, this giant blown-up photograph of, like, Wesley and, like, and the, like, the hot uh, girl that's, like, four years older than everyone else. Uh, Moose's girlfriend. Everyone's shocked. <gasps> Moose's, hey, that's my girl! And, uh, Wesley T's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah and, like, they chase, they ch- Moose and his cronies chase Wesley off the stage, and then, like, little Padel, little little Padel McWheels, just has this smug little fucking look on his face. It's like, I want to slap that little dude right out of his chair. That smug little bastard. <laughs> so, Wesley T's basically ruined with the student body. They see him as a seedy character. My question to them is, how did they not remember this shit happened? Yeah, like, half that's... of them had to be involved. Yeah, that's why you're like voting for Wesley is because like, he's 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 like he plays by his own rules. He says he's a no good Nick. Yeah, this kid here, you know, he's a, he's no, a good no good Nick. Nick. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I was, you know, I was getting a coffee the other day and I realized this kid, you know, he's a real good no good Nick. See, y'all guys don't even realize that he's a he's a real no good Nick. <laughs> hey, that's my girl. So um, uh, we cut back to the Owens household. Belvedere um, has been. Uh, skating with Heather and of course he comes in the door aha still nothing cause like fuck you Belvedere like it's not even your birthday anymore asshole like stop it um they realize that Belvedere Heather I think picks up on it it's like you think Belvedere actually wanted us to do something and Marsha and George they're like yeah I guess what can we do eh, I don't know we'll figure it out yeah. Um, Apparently, at the the skating ring, Belvedere was still doing his aha thing like every like five seconds. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Like, he's like, because he comes in, he's pissed off that he was just hanging around with a bunch of teenagers all afternoon. Um, and like, you know, I know everybody's really concerned about Belvedere, but shouldn't people be concerned about the fact that Heather's going full Mertz and Marsha yeah. looks like a goddamn monster in her stupid mustard sweater and Sally Jesse Raphael glasses? At first, I thought Heather had on like. A dress mm-hmm. that had a colored top and like a darker bottom, and thought that's kind of neat with her um, Beauty and the Beast jacket, her trench mm-hmm. coat. Yeah. And then I realized, oh fuck, another Mertz, a secret Mertz. Yeah, she's cloaking her Mertz. And that's even worse because she's yeah. lying to both herself and to us. Heather, stop Mertzing. Yeah, whereas Marsha's in shades of mustard. <laughs> yeah, fuck Marsha though. Well, they put Wesley T in a mustard shirt earlier. I can think mustard's in guess, in season but, five, Belvedere. But Marsha, like her her mustard sweater matches her hair, and then she's got like a yellow shirt with mustard stripes and mustard pants. <laughs> like, fucking hell! Like, I get okay, I get you like yellow. All right, you got red glasses and you like yellow, but like, sh- sh- shut that shit down. You can't do that. That's not your, okay. Your hair can't match your clothing, right? And it'd be no. okay. It's not okay. Correct? It's not cool. That's not cool. That's not I cool. don't think you can wear the same color of everything either. Unless it's... The only time I can think of... I mean, obviously a dress. But, I mean, at that point it's but different. It's a single it's sh- piece. It's, but this is just varying shades of mustard. 
Like, and listen, yeah. like, people just shouldn't wear yellow. Like, yellow is a weird fucking color. Like, it should very rarely be used. Like, you gotta, you gotta be careful with that shit. And, like, Marsha looks just like a gross mustard blob. You're right. You do have to be careful when you wear yellow. That's not a yeah. color you can just wear. No, no. You gotta, like, plan yellow carefully. And Marsha is not a planner. She no. quit her lawyer job to get a fucking job at uh, mm. the jukebox diner. Marsha can't think that Marcia far in the think. future. She she has a less awareness of the future than crows do. Mm. That's the Marsha we've grown to tolerate in Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It's oh. the next day. Wesley T. comes into his campaign office, and it's been vandalized. Someone's drawn a silly mustache and cross eyes on his big campaign poster. Wow. The calls are coming. The phone is ringing off the hook. The single phone at the campaign office. His campaign manager looks mad, like, ah, oh, and exhausted. That one fucking kid from the paper calls every five minutes with a new nonsense question. <laughs> Usually involving something about coffee? I, I think he's drinking. He has a caffeine addiction. Where is he getting coffee at this the school? Well, you know, sometimes, hey, hey, you know, sometimes when you're when you're a, when you're a real rad kid, um, when you're a cool dude, you you go, uh, you get a little coffee. You go get, you you always have coffee on you because you have your coffee. Don't you all understand that I'm gonna have my coffee? All right, cool. Um, we get it. You're I, the reporter kid. Yeah, we get it. We <laughs> That's get your identity it. Have... for the next two weeks until you find something else. Um, I love that. Like his campaign manager is like, listen, I don't. I don't fuck around with losers, all right? Yeah. So if you're going to lose this thing, I'm going to get the fuck out of here because I ain't got time for that shit. I ain't got time for losers. So is she like, does she have a thing for Wesley T, I'm assuming? I think so, which I love because, like, he, he's not interested. Like, but she's, like, laying it on hardcore. Yeah, she's like, look, I thought it was obvious when I decided to become your campaign manager and I spent all my fucking time with you. I don't fuck around with losers, literally. <laughs> You've got to win this. It's pretty but, awesome. And Wesley T's got even more pressure. He's like, well, fuck. And she brings up, she's like, look, I got some dirt on that little wheelie kid. Padel used to basically embezzle from the school store for real. Yeah. Like Wesley T's antics. Okay, so he was caught creep. He was caught sneaking around with that one girl. That could have been a summer camp photo. You don't know that. That could have been sure. before her and Moose got together. All the other Wesley's T stuff is like low, low grade pranks because no one catches Wesley T. Right. But this kid straight up stole money and goods from the school. This is well, like it's not just well he's 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 more like he's like jacking up the prices, um, and then like buying the stuff and then reselling it at a higher price point. Like it's yeah. a scheme, but like it's like it's small potato scheme. But he's still like you know making money like on the store true it's a good racket it's a good racket <laughs> that's pr okay so he's got a good racket going on and his campaign manager says look we need to bust him you do this to clean your image up you were winning before you'll win again hmm. did i mention i don't fuck around with losers wesley t you've got a choice to make ain't got time for no fucking losers so Wesley is left in a, in, a, in a world of conflict, emotional conflict, because he wants to run a clean campaign, but how can he run a clean campaign when his, when his opponent's fighting dirty? Hmm. We, well, we think about those things. Meanwhile, we cut back to the Owens household, and it's time for Savvy Angela to make an appearance. Oh, hi, guys. Yay, Savvy Angela. Yay. The audience would clap. Everyone's super excited. She's made it in the show. 
what is her jacket? Like is um, she she's wearing like a future jacket. She, <laughs> she looks like from, Rufus from Bill and Ted. Yeah, I was about to say the second Bill and Ted movie where they have the future <laughs> nice. and everything is gigantic. Yes. It's a popped collar. I mean, from the collar up and the color, it looks like I think I have a jacket that's that same color in collar pop. Everything else is too big. Everything else is like five sizes too big. It's for a giant bear, not for a human. <laughs> Anyone see my jacket? <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires, but can you help me prevent the cold in the winter months oh. with my jacket? Listen, I'm against uh, slaying fires in the forest, uh, mainly because of my profession. But it gets chilly without my coat. <laughs> mainly because of my profession. I would have gone with mainly because of my disposition. <laughs> Solid, I believe. Yeah, okay, you're right. True. So, so Angela comes in and gives her normal, like, kind of ribbing to Belvedere. Like, oh, hey, Belva butt, or whatever. I don't know what she says. I wish um, you could say Belva butt. Hey, Belva butt. Oh, what? Angela? Yeah, because you're like the butler and Belvedere, right? Wink. So, she comes in and Belvedere's obviously distraught. And he threatens Sammy Angela. He grabs like a chalkboard and is like, you tell me when that party's going to be. When's that party going to be? I got to know. And he's like, he's going to scratch the chalkboard. And he's like, he's he's Basically, he's about to like waterboard Angela. Like It's a it's kind of adorable, though, because she's brought a book back for Heather. Turns out it was like a child's book for the library, whatever. She decides to leave and Belvedere's like, no, bitch, you're going to tell me about my surprise party. And she's like, what? It's your birthday. So when he says, tell me or I'll start scratching, she sings, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Like, she just gets desperate because she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. I, I love this scene. Yeah, I it love is it good. so much. I, I also, I really love the, the, the joke with the book because you're like, hey, 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 Mr. Belba, fuck you, but, um, um, like, uh, I brought this book back for Heather and Belba's like, Angela, this book is from the library and it's 12 years overdue. And she's like, oh, well, I better get there before they close. <laughs> like, that's, that's a solid joke. I love it. Love it. Heather comes in um, off the street with that crazy jacket. Yes. I, I like Heather's jacket. This is the same one from last week. Like, I love it. I love like I love this I love the sleeve where it's rolled up and it's got like the uh the stripe. Belvedere is a scary man when he goes into like um stepmother mode. Because this is the yeah. same kind of mode we got from pick up that clean up that spot from uh yeah. the weird Kevin Dream fantasy thing. It's creepy. It's creepy. Savvy Angela runs out, grabs her book. You're right, that is a nice jacket. And Heather's like, what the fuck's going on? And Beveler says, I don't know. I'm just using this chalkboard as a tambourine. <laughs> For some <laughs> odd reason. Like, fucking hell, Belvedere, you have lost your goddamn mind. And yeah, so then we cut to uh, later, and it's uh, Wesley T. having a heart-to-heart with Belvedere outside on the patio. Wes is like, ah, this sucks. I don't know what to do. And Belvedere's like, I don't fucking care. I went to my party. <laughs> that is basically what he says. He yeah. He doesn't even. He just says, go. I don't care, Wesley. Whatever the whatever the fuck. Wesley's like, you know what, Belvedere thinks. I really should just follow my gut. Yeah. So uh, we cut back to the debate the next day. And uh, 
so we start off and, uh, oh, uh, well, uh, I'm gonna grab some coffee here. I got a question here. Uh, first question I'd like to ask, uh, to y'all, I'd like to um, grab a coffee and, uh, <laughs> so, uh, hey, Wheels, uh, what makes you the greatest guy in the world? <laughs> or some such nonsense. And, like, he gives, like, his pat little, like, I'm gonna make this school a better place. I'm gonna jib job zib Um, and by the way, uh, I'm gonna be better than that evil conniving Wesley T. And Wesley's like, fuck it. I'm gonna, all right, I gotta do something. So it gets to Wesley and he's like, Wesley's like, um, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> Boo. Lies, lying liar. Yeah. Because he can't bring himself, because there's a uh, there's a heavy pause where he considers, I'm gonna rat this this little embezzler out, this racket, this racketeer, mm. and he mm. doesn't do it because Wesley T's like, I just, you know what, guys, fuck you, I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. So Wesley just like he's like, all right, fuck it, I quit, and he runs off stage. Um, and so we go back into the the campaign headquarters, and uh, uh, old Padel like wheels in after him, is like, what the hell do you think you're doing? And we get this heart-to-heart where he's like, listen, I, I, I fucking ran against you because you're the best. Because I admire you. Because I respect you. Because I want to be you. <laughs> I want to wear your flesh. <laughs> and a friendship is forged here. Yes. I know Wesley T's been a little lonely because Brace Face just hasn't been around anymore. True. He got those braces off, perhaps, and now he's, like, living it up. Mm. With the older he's, he's ladies and men. He's with Jenny Lewis. He's with Jenny Lewis. So... Wesley T is kind of taken aback. It's like, okay, you know what? In a different, in different circumstances, we could be awesome friends. You could be my protege for crying out loud. Well, I we also we can't skip over the moment where he's like, uh, where we get like the after school special moment, where he's where he's like, listen, I didn't I didn't want to attack you because I you know I didn't want to attack you about that candy scheme. It's like, oh, you knew about that? Yeah, but I didn't want to say anything because I'm in a wheelchair. Uh. Ooh. And it's then we get it gets real and it's like listen I can do things just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean I'm not a person I wanted to get into this because I wanted a fair fight and it's like oh boy it's like a it's it gets it gets uncomfortable for a second it does but not as uncomfortable as many of the 80s specials do yeah because there's a realness to it because even early in the episode yeah. Belvedere said because when Wesley said what do I do he's in a wheelchair fuck he's got the sympathy vote Belvedere said fuck you dude run a normal campaign treat him as a person which makes all the sense in the world so they kind of shake hands they're like you know what if if I win Wesley T says to uh Puddle what's his name Padel Padel I'm going to make you my uh, chief of staff or something. And Bedell says, if I win, I win. Or something. Like, what does no, he, he say? Says, no, he says, uh, if, if I win, I'll put you in charge of the store. Because <gasps> Wesley T. also called him out on the scam. He's like, and listen, if I was going to do that scam, I would have done it better than you. Yeah. Dude, come on. Teens weens. <laughs> yeah. I'm the so. kid. Remember that rumor about that kid who started up that phone company or something in his house? That was you? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Wesley T. Um, at one point they say they're gonna run around, roll around in the mud like real politicians. No. Yeah. That's weird. And, and then they, then they, then they fight over who's George Bush and who's Dukakis, and it's like, oh boy, oh, this is. There's a lot of folksiness around elections that I hate personally. Mm-hmm. And anytime they say stupid things like, let's just roll around in the mud like good old fashioned politicians. Things yeah. like that, 
just uh. bother me. I'm like, fuck you, it's 2015. Okay, I understand that it's the 80s and Belvedere, but... It's 1989, Alex. It's 1989. But still, like, stop with the stupid cliches. Like, ugh. Stop with, like, the... Uh, the political apathy to be like, yeah, all politicians are like, if you're gonna fucking do it, you don't get to like talk shit about it if you're doing it. You no. don't get to talk shit about it if you're doing it. Agreed. So, we're treated to Belvedere journaling in his bed. Yes. He's got his nightcap on. Why I does Belvedere like, have a twin bed? He's an adult man. It's true. I, I do love a nightcap though. I feel like oh. someday, like, I want a nightcap. I think you would, I think, yeah, you should have a nightcap. I just, I don't know why, but I just, like, I love the nightcap. I think it's so ridiculous and fun. Um, I would so, like, try to wear a nightcap. I'm going to try to get Joey to wear a nightcap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to tell Emily. I'm just going to, I want her to, like, I'm going to get him ready for bed, like, help him get PJs on. I want him to come into the room with a nightcap on. (laughs) You, like, old-fashioned, like, old-fashioned, like, 1800s nightgown and a, and a nightcap. Like, that would be hilarious for a child to wear. And I love it, because in my mind, he'll love it, and for the rest of his life, he'll try to wear a nightcap. Yeah. So, like, whenever he brings girls home, like, after a date, yes. he puts on a nightcap, and they're like, what the fuck is that? It's my nightcap. What, you couldn't have a nightcap as a kid? Well, no, because no one does. <laughs> I love it. It was standard. I thought, oh, everyone wore a nightcap. Come on, like, how are you supposed to get to sleep? <laughs> just, your, head on, your head just on the pillow? Gross. How are you supposed to get to sleep? <laughs> it keeps your, it keeps the bad dreams out. And it keeps your thoughts in. <laughs> what do you guys do in your family? So, Belvedere um, is journaling. He's like, you know, it sucks. They didn't throw a party for me. Bel... Wesley T. lost his election, and I think he's going to retire from politics for a while. That's good for the planet. Thank you. I'm glad I encouraged that little Padel kid to run now. He didn't actually say that, but that would have been awesome if Belvedere yes. was in charge of, like, Wesley's demise. Um, so, and then he's like, uh, oh, and yeah, I guess, I guess I'm never going to get my birthday party, so... They'll never throw me a party again. This is what you get, Lynn. This is what you get. And so, I and my... <laughs> Nightcap must go to sleep. And so to bed. Lynn <laughs> Belvedere. <laughs> and so then he turns off the light, and then we hear whispering, and then the light comes on, and everyone yells, Surprise! And Belvedere, like, takes off his, his little nightcap, and then he, like, licks his hands and, like, does the hair thing again. It's like, <laughs> gross. Gross. Put your cap back on. Got a cake. Everyone's excited. The, why are people just, like, sneaking into his bedroom in the night? Fuck that. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. Like, I would just be dead. If that happened, I would be dead. Like, I turn the I turn the lights off, I close my eyes to sleep, I, I embrace, I embrace Morpheus, and all of a sudden ah, oh, no. There's people, how'd you get in the locked door? What's happening? <laughs> They've come for me. <laughs> how'd you get in the locked door? I put a deadbolt on yesterday. It's your birthday, silly. That doesn't answer the question at all. Are you a witch? Are you a Slenderman? I told Brad before the podcast, because we were talking about that colored dress nonsense. That's like a neat kind of thing that people are getting crazy about. There's a girl at my work who actually legitimately got freaked out by it. 
who was like, how the fuck do you see gold and white? This is black and this is a blue and black dress. This is really weirding me out. Stop lying. Stop lying. And I joked about how obviously the people who see gold and white must be witches. Like this is how it started back in the day. And we started calling each other's witches throughout the day. And that was pretty awesome. But Until those someone people, got burnt at the stake. It's that it'll happen. Yeah. Though I do think it's interesting that, and Brad even told me this, um, how you saw it as gold and white at first, and then as you scrolled and you scrolled back up, you're like, oh, fuck, it's blue and yeah. black. That's kind of neat. No. But you treated it as a neat phenomenon where most people treat it like reality has completely changed. Yes. Like nothing is right anymore. I've got to question everything now. Like, there was a split second where I was like, oh, is this, like, a dumb trick thing where it's, like, a gif? And I was like, oh, no, it's just, like, that's just the way your eyes and brain work. Cool. But it wasn't earth-shattering for Brad. It was earth-shattering for a lot of people at work today. Yeah, I keep seeing that. Like, what are you talking about? It's black it's black and, and blue, clearly. It's like, well, you... Guys, you're... Guys, it's... it's your, that's your eyeballs. Like, clearly, like, you can see it both ways. <laughs> like... No, you can't see it both ways. The world is blue and black, Brad. It's blue and black. All right, right, chill out. Like, how about you, like, scroll down and go back up? Oh, look, it's different now. (laughs) Look, whenever you feel the harshness of reality closing (laughs) around you and something that you think is black and blue, um, someone else sees differently, just scroll through life. scroll! Oh, wait, the episode's not over yet. (laughs) I didn't know what was happening. That's that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, that's the end of Belvedere. Who won and who lost? Oh. Who won? Uh, I think Wesley T. lost. Yeah. Like, he lost. He's got a partner in crime that apparently is going to help him game the system and make a few dollars off the shop, perhaps. Yeah. He lost Miriam. He did. She does not fuck around with losers. Does not. Does not. Um, who won? Did Belvedere win because, like, he pitied people into giving him a party? No, that's just pathetic. I almost would say Belvedere lost, but you're right. Wesley T. lost the most. Um, I guess Wheels? Did Padel win, I guess? Padel is the winner. Like, Padel literally won. And, like, I don't know that anybody else did anything awesome. Well, Padel's gunning for Wesley T.'s position. Yeah. In, In many ways. I mean, the presidency is one of them. I, you know, there was a split second after Wesley um, tried to pretend that he was dying. I thought we were going to find out Patel was faking being in a wheelchair. <gasps> that would have been fucking amazing. Like <laughs> something happened and he sympathy. fell and just stood up the entire time. Oh, oh that would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been so terrible. That's an episode on the Knights Network for sure. Definitely. Padel the Definitely. phony. Like, it's like that um that SNL sketch with the um It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Where it's like, wait a minute, he's not even a cripple. <laughs> that is that is an awesome thing to decide to just go beat up the old potter. <laughs> ah, George, get out of here. I don't hold down. You shut up, you. He's not even a cripple. Just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Um, Best dress, worst dress. It's got to be mustard. Covered in mustard, Marsha. Marsha and yeah. mustard. That's yeah. the worst. Um, also, we didn't talk about Wesley T's sweater when he's having oh. a little heart-to-heart with wheels. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know what that... I think it's a bridge and X's and maybe... I don't even know. You it's can't a know pretty, for sure. It's a goddamn nightmare of a sweater. It is. 
But it's not mustard on mustard on mustard on mustard. True. It's not dirty mustard. It's not Ugh. Dijon honey and spicy and French's yellow mustard. It's my mustard it's outfit. Bu- it's not a buffet of mustards. I wear it when I want to. Um, I don't know. I love condiments. And by condiments, I mean mustards. You know, I work at the diner now, and I actually have an outfit to correspond with a different condiment every time I go in. It's mustard Mondays and ketchup Tuesdays. Mm. Sometimes I switch up mayonnaise with Mondays for the alliteration, too. So, yeah, mustard, mustard's the worst dressed. Who's the best dressed? See, that's tough. That is tough. And I really don't know, because... Maybe Grandpa George, because <laughs> out of everyone in the in the episode, he just has an outfit that looks normal. He's Spot's grandpa. better dressed. Spot's better dressed than Grandpa George. Can we make Spot best dressed? He is we ready for before. campaign. We have before. He's wearing a sweater. Um, Let's do it. I'm totally game for that. I mean, I'm always game for it, but I feel it's. It, I mean, it's almost a gimme because it's a dog wearing anything, which is the fucking best thing in the world. Um, this is campaign action <laughs> spot. It can't be Angela. I love that she made a quick appearance in the show, it's, but it's a kooky outfit. Like she's she's co- she's best cosplay. How Angela. about Belvedere in his nightcap? <gasps> Belvedere in his nightcap. Hey, Belvedere? nightcaps are coming back in a big oh, way. You're making me choose between nightcap and a dog wearing a sweater. Fuck it, hell. I um, think since a nightcap has not won best dress ever. <laughs> Yeah. Except in uh, the night before Christmas, yeah, but it's a red nightcap. Like I, it should match his. It, it should match what he's wearing. He has like on a like a cream colored nightgown. Yeah. So I think he can be a little. He's he's deciding. It's a statement that the nightcap is red. Okay. Right. It's it's bold. It's a bold statement. All right. All it's right. bold. All right. Well, I mean, there's also Heather's uh, awesome jacket. That is a cool jacket. Um. Did we give her the best dress for that jacket last time though? I think so. Okay. There's a lot of talk about the jacket. If we haven't, we can discover that, and maybe we'll give it to her. Because it's coming back. I mean, this is her wardrobe. Right. Let me just look real quick. I'll look at the wiki. Guys, if you ever want to know who won Best Dressed, Worst Dressed, um, if you want to know who... Uh, who won? Who lost? Who, who won? Who lost? Oh, we gave it to Wesley for dressing like Marty McFly, so we haven't given it to Heather for the jacket. I don't know if the jacket stands out enough in this episode. All right. So, uh, Nightcap, then? I'm game with that. Nightcap it is. Mustard mustard uh, loses. Ketchup nightcap wins. Oh. Mm. But isn't that how it is, though? Mm. So true. Mm. So true. Guys, thank you for uh, listening to Ramjack. Thanks. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. We would love mm. to hear from you, actually. Yes. Guys, you can call us. The voicemail number is 979-476-9877 or 979-GROWUP7. There's an email, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Um, at ramjackpodcast. There's the website, ramjackpodcast.com. There's the wiki, which is amazing. Brad, we have some voicemails, correct? We do indeed. Nice. We got we got a call from Pernasek here. He got cut off, um, so we called back. Um, the crazy thing is, they came in in backwards order. Weird. I wonder what it means. What does it mean? Did you call, like, in time travel, like, a couple seconds back? Like, what does it mean? It's so crazy. Hey, Ramjack. This is John Pernasek coming to you from Port Canaveral, Florida. We are in Florida, which means that we are vaguely close to the... Florida 
and Ram Transition with Brad would record. Why am I stating the obvious? Let's talk about some issues. On the crew television channel, you can watch TV shows. Now, they play the same TV shows over and over again, these sort of block packages of series. And for some reason, Hanna-Barbera struck a deal with the crew channel. So there's a Jetsons episode that plays on the regs, and it plays way too often because it's wildly sexist. The whole joke of the Jetsons, which has a laugh track, I think we forget that shows like the Jetsons and Scooby-Doo had a laugh track, and it's the most dispirited, broken laugh track in, in history. It's just so pathetic how useless these people sound. The, the episode of the Jetsons in question is about lady drivers. It's all about how George's wife... Jane wants to get a second car, but she has to get a license first. And every man in town is like, oh my God, another woman who wants to be a driver? Good Lord, what are we doing? Why would we allow this? Why do we continue to let women drive through the skies? This is so dangerous. And here's what happens. She proves them right because she is a dangerous driver because no one's willing to help her. And everyone is just nervous around her and scared beyond all reason. And then at the end of the episode, there's a lot of hijinks. Like at one point, her instructor is replaced by a bank robber and she can't tell the difference at first. It's, she's such an idiot, is the joke. And at the end, she goes, that's all right, George. I guess I don't have to be a driver. I, I guess I'm, I'm fine without a license. And then there's a single joke at the end that George may not be a good driver either, but fuck that. You can't put in one joke after 20 minutes of just straight up bashing with it. It's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I should tell you guys that I am a ghost now because I failed in my fire drill. Uh, the, the, the hallway outside the cabin was filled with smoke. A fireman had to come and save me. I was told to go in about 16 different directions because no one was what the fuck they're doing. And apparently, another castmate of mine was told that she was dead because she showed up late to the final like rescue point. And I never even got to that rescue point. So if she's dead, then I'm absolutely dead. I'm a ghost. You're talking to a ghost. Oh, guys, I don't know. I am so tired and grumpy and sad all the time because I'm having to perform for people. And then he got for people. Yeah, cut off like a ghost. Oh no! Or what if that was the end? What if Jonathan doesn't want to perform for people anymore? He's changed audiences. Hmm. Maybe he's got a murder of crows that have found their way to the boat. Ah! Oh, and now the shocking conclusion. <laughs> people, I'm having to perform for people. That was the rest of that thought. And there are only so many nights where you look out the audience and you're trying your best to entertain them, and people are actively glaring at you, snarling at you, and saying things like, oh, brother, and give me a break, and fuck this, and I'm leaving. I can't. <laughs> After a while, it becomes absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I, I don't really have anything else to say. I just wanted to wrap up that thought. So, uh, the best to you and yours. Bye. Oh, brother. Jonathan, I want you to say, keep it up, Freedom Fighter. We love you. And that would be very disheartening to have people say stuff like that and walk out. That's true. That's true. I mean, and it's Jonathan. We know Jonathan's awesome and funny. Yeah. 
Those people don't count. Fuck those people. Yeah, Jonathan, fuck those people. Listen, when you see those people, when you see those assholes out in the audience, don't see them as humans. See them as dead gargoyle people. <laughs> That's how I choose to see most people. Just dead gargoyle people. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. That's good sound advice. Hmm. Guys, know wherever you are in life, just remember. Just remember. Most people are dead gargoyle people. Uh, is that the only voicemails we have? Well, I just got an, I got an email from uh, everyone's favorite uh, uh, candidates, um, Steve Leary, oh. a.k.a. the Lorax. His daughter and her friend have a new uh, campaign video for him out. So, oh, you God. know, if you're into that, just uh, just check out that website. Guys, uh, remember to uh, leave us uh, uh, reviews on iTunes, five stars all the way. We need those. Also, rate my plays on Amazon. Go also, if you don't have my plays yet... Why the fuck don't you have my plays yet? They're fun to read. They're 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 printed to make them to make them beautiful for the eye and easy to read. You can purchase them at my website, chaosadam.com, shop.chaosadam.com. Buy them. Put money in my wallet. Please. I need money. I need dollars. Once again, I will take a credit at the end of the film. Um, Alex, Alex will work for credit um, and give you broken promises about posters. I'll fucking deliver. I'll deliver. To your door. To your door. And packaging bound. Pages Beautiful. upon pages of content. Hundreds of pages for, for reasonable prices. Guys, you can buy a bundle. Get all three of the play scripts and the digital files. And that's in like a PDF, an EPUB, a Mobi. Like you can read it on anything, on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, whatever. And in your hands. That's such a good deal. <laughs> Buy my product, please. That dude. <laughs> We've got all the DVDs here. Please buy my product. Call 8755479 to order today. The PC uh, guy. Um, you know, they in the uh, Everything is Terrible thing, they played the... Uh, um, the uh, getting on the internet thing. The uh... ready, get set, let's yes. ride among the internet. Cyberspace set us free. Hello, virtual reality. Not... <laughs> Take a spin. Now you're in with the techno set. We're going surfing on the internet. It was amazing. Yeah, I fucking love that. Did they do the experience beach? Where it's the uh, Star Trek thing, where it's from the game. You, the one who is moving now, answer. <laughs> I think they did play one of those. Don't answer. Who's moving now? Who who answered first? That's my favorite. <laughs> I, they had one clip of that. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. They had some, oh my God, there was some good stuff. And guys, I want you to remember, when you go into a press conference, you're prepared to ask the candidates the hot questions, and right there in your hand, you got a nice hot cup of Gotta have you cover coffee. Now kids come gather around. See what just skipped in the town. So skip it, skip it. Do run do jump, do hop hop. Skip it, skip it. Skipping and a screaming and a bop to bop. But the very best thing of all, there's a counter on this ball. So try to beat your very best score. See if you can jump a whole lot more. Skip it, skip it. Come on everybody, skip it. Roaring good fun from Tiger Toy. Telling you, if, if Illyrio and Chris don't get up on their uh, podcasting game, we're gonna snatch their fucking show. <laughs>